CPOV. CertainPOV.com. Welcome back, dreamers, to a very special bonus episode of Dole Whip and Dreams. You probably looked at the title and went, I'm sorry, what? But you are correct. The title is Go Go Disney Rangers, and myself and my special co-host today, Case Aiken, are going to take you through one of those weird times where Disney owns something that you probably had no idea that they owned. And Case today, what are we talking about? Oh, so we're talking about what's called the Disney era of Power Rangers. Uh, so you and I are both Power Rangers fans, and th- this is like a weird little anomaly uh, now taken from the, the vantage of history. Uh, so back in 2002, Disney bought Power Rangers and they, they had it for a bunch of seasons and then they sold it when they started getting more lucrative stuff. So it, it kind of corresponds roughly to when Marvel and Star Wars started happening and Disney started owning bigger pop culture yeah. that they that, that they got tired and sold off the rights back to Saban, uh, which uh, which is what started the show initially. Um, and even that era is done. So yeah. it's like this is now like a weird footnote, which for a time felt like the actual like this is going to be the status quo of Power Rangers for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because Disney only acquired this and a lot of kids properties because Disney began a Fox acquisition many, many years ago. And this is when Disney acquired Fox Family Worldwide, which was um, most daytime Fox stuff. uh, And more importantly, it was their acquisition of the Family Channel, which most of us for years have always known. The Family Channel, it was almost pseudo-religious, but still secular. They did family center programs, and if you watched it in the morning, it was always televangelists and, like, Colin and Jim Jim and Tammy Faye, those kinds of things. Um, and so over the years, that Family Channel then became, uh, you know, Disney's Family Channel, and then it's now Freeform. And so, the, you know, it's gone through those things, but that acquisition happened as part of all of Fox's family programming. Um, and so this was when they acquired kind of everything that was being presented on Fox at the time. And it was interesting for Power Rangers because we were mid-season. We were the a show that was in post-production was then changing hands to a new master. Um, and so yeah, it, so, yeah, it opens with a question mark because the first season of this era had started. They had shot it, uh, or they had shot a lot of it, and then uh, Disney swooped in, and all of a sudden it was just different rules. Yep. And um, it was the last season to shoot in California, well, mostly in California, um, because the Disney era, we'll talk through it, changed a lot of rules and kind of what it meant to make a Power Rangers season. And most people that are your my age case, they dropped off sometime after the original, which is why a lot of people say that the original three seasons are the best. I do not personally agree with that, but there is so much nostalgia with it. Um, And so this was another time where it was still the largest, quote-unquote, boy toy franchise in the world. They still did millions, if not billions, every year in toy sales. Um, And it was still a major property. But again, when you've got a property that's in its 10th year... um, 
uh, which Wild Force is its 10th year, more or less. The 10-year anniversary uh, episode is in Wild Force. Um, it was just shy of 10 years, because 2003 would be that. Um, you, you're right. It opens up with a question, because the first Disney-produced season, where we start to finish disney produce, is the second, which is Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Um, but Wild Force changed. I remember watching the first half of Wild Force on Fox Kids on Saturday morning. It was the end of the block. You watch it with, like, Metabots, Digimon, Moncoli Knights. Um, and then it switched to ABC one Saturday morning, which ABC had been another recent acquisition in the last 10 years of Disney. So there was a block where you watched Recess and Pepper Ann and Weekenders and Lilo and Stitch the series um, and those kinds of things. Were, and Gargoyles, I believe, was syndicated on that at some point. And so it added to that block. Um, and so it introduced another live-action component, which Disney did not have... They made television series like Even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, and so Power Rangers is so different than anything else that Disney had produced for any of their channels at that point. Um, and so this is, I think, also just something really interesting to talk about because you talk about rule changes where you go from Fox, who's very loosey-goosey, and they kind of let Haim Saban do whatever he wanted, and they just kind of made a show. Several series were very dark. Um, I referenced Power Rangers in Space. I referenced Lightspeed Galaxy. Um, or Lights, uh, not Lightspeed Rescue, Lost Galaxy and Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force. Those, like, four years were super dark. They were they were brooding, but they were great seasons. Um, yeah, that that run was was really solid. Um, it, it's really interesting to look at sort of the the arc of Power Rangers in terms of tone mm -hmm. as it, as it goes. And mm -hmm. then like the Disney era has a tone to it, and has its highs and lows in, uh, inside. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know what I think is interesting, which was um, so there's a lot of history to this, and so. Like most of my bonus episodes, I'm not doing history point first, but we're going to talk about it through because it's actually really important. Um, because like you and I were saying before, in a very Disney way, we know almost nothing about the production side, the boardroom side of what was happening at Disney during this this reign of Power Rangers. We have no... There are so few stories, and a lot of things that have come out in a very Disney way have been silenced. Um, I found one statement about why the series was ending from the producer of RPM, who did not end on a good relationship with Disney, and that's why he actually left RPM halfway through the series. Um, and RPM, to me, is one of the two strongest seasons that they ever had. So, it, you know, it's rather interesting for those kinds of things. Um yeah, although, I mean, like, some of the issues with RPM had already happened yes. uh, the previous season, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so, you know, this is, uh, it wouldn't just play on Fox, it would play on almost all the Disney-owned Kids Center networks, so ABC Kids, Toon Disney, JetX, Disney 2, Disney Channel on occasion, you know, it would depend... The, the problem was each series kind of hopped networks other than if you weren't watching it on ABC Kids, which it was, we only had five channels when I was a kid because we had a, um antenna and so for me it was always on ABC Kids, but I didn't realize that like if you were, you know, they kept changing like Toon Disney became Disney XD and another channel became JetX and they kept rebranding and doing all of these things. Um, and so they kept producing... Um, there would be seven 
roughly seven generations or seven years of Power Rangers during this time, um, starting with uh, their their fully produced series in 2002. The biggest change is that they moved production to New Zealand, um, which actually is kind of smart. It's much cheaper to shoot there. There are almost no taxes. They got a new group of actors that worked outside of SAG-AFTRA. I believe this show was not quite as union as the U.S. would expect, which is why there are a lot of... Which is why I a mean, lot of it people, wasn't very union to begin with. Like, it wasn't, yeah. it's Well, because TV, a TV show like this is always a little sketchy. Uh, you know, not sketchy, but kids' TV tends to dance a line with the union specifically, unless it's a long-running show like Sesame Street or something. And so um, it also meant a new group of talent that they weren't tapping into. And Australia and New Zealand have a very rich and resounding television um, production community. A lot of the actors that they would get in later seasons for the the Disney runs were already actors in their own right on on shows like the Australian version of Degrassi or things uh, a show called The Tribe. A lot of these actors were coming out of really established careers to do Power Rangers because it was going to be seen by an American market, not just by an Australian market. Um, and but something I didn't realize, apparently Disney was embarrassed of the franchise from the moment they purchased it. They they saw it as this like bruise on the uh, reputation of the kids program that Disney made. And I was like, I'm sorry. Let's let's look back at Welcome to Pooh Corner and the live action Dumbo series and that live action Alice in Wonderland, which are all lovely series, but like. Disney doesn't always make the highest quality kids program. And while we love the DCOMs of the 90s in those shows, you look back on them now, especially because they're all in Disney Plus, and I go, ooh, these are, these are rough. They're very heavy-handed, and that's just kind of the thing that does. So I guess the first thing I want us to talk about is it's a little weird that Disney seemed really embarrassed by this franchise that was going to probably make them a ton of money. Yeah, but I think... You got to remember, like the 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 way that it, it was going to make them a ton of money was through toy sales, and like right. it was a property that was so toy focused. Like it felt like a throwback in some ways mm-hmm. to like eighties programming. Yeah, uh, and and especially because we're coming from uh, an adapted property that has this whole tradition of really just selling you more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And like there mm-hmm. there is there is a certain uh, spot where you kind of step back and you're like, this is so consumerist. Uh, and it's funny to think that like maybe a Disney exec sort of took that stance, but right. where they took it from a this is a dollar signs thing, but it isn't it isn't even our work because remember we are taking a Japanese property and right. adapting it to like to fit a format to just make money. Right. So I, I do understand not getting it because like, I think, I mean uh, like for me, I went through the phase where I watched power Rangers when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the point where I hit puberty and I was like, I, I think this is considered not good yep. for me to watch anymore. This is kid stuff. And I kind of moved on and I came back to it later in life and sort of uh, took it from a, a broader perspective of like, what are you creating? And mm-hmm. I find Power Rangers really fascinating. Uh, but if you're not taking that like broader philosophical approach of seeing the sort of the the cyclical nature of the show and seeing like the, the cast switching so like r- repeatedly and having uh, archetypal natures for your characters and then uh, each season trying to do how well you can do it. Like if you're right. just looking at it from a broad standpoint of like, no, this is just forcing toys down our throat. Like the reason I left the show was Turbo, which at that point felt very much like, Ooh. okay, oh god, they're just 
they're just shoving yeah. new gimmicks constantly. Right. Right. Um, and if you're if you take it from that cynical approach, uh, I can understand being uh, upset about it. Like you want it to be basically a low cost money making machine, right. where this is a big commercial that you're spending money on to then have money deals coming from the toys. Right. Well, and it's it is a very expensive commercial considering we're talking giant robots and otherworldly weapons and those kinds of things and monsters and um, and a thing. And you talk about the fact that this is an adaptation and it's really started being sold to the Fox as a found, you know, a, a repurposed um, footage show, because for what a lot of people don't know is that um, Power Rangers is based on a Japanese uh, toku series called Super Sentai, which actually began in... Oh, God, we didn't even... We, we didn't t- even say... Yeah. Holy shit. Um, yeah, and so... Well, and, you given, know, but- I'm assuming... Well, it's also just because a lot of people are our age and that listen to this, and so they know... They remember Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they remember Tommy Oliver, who is a deep enemy of the pod, um, and, uh, you know, so they don't realize that, like, when we got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it had actually been around for almost 20 years in Japan, um, with, you know, a new series every year, it's, you know, cheesy spandex suits and fighting, they, you know, they even did one year, I believe it was 77, that was, um country themed and the pink ranger was miss america and they were giant human heads it's we could we could literally do a whole series about uh i I do want to throw out some fun trivia on on the super sentai please do throw it out so it is so fucking crazy it is so much fun um the uh, and i think people who come from just just remember mighty morphing are going to have like a little bit of a harder time like wrapping their heads around this part but so when it started it was a spider-man show Mm mm-hmm which is uh, like amazing. So, uh, mm-hmm. so what? I, so the way Japanese TV had. So there was what was called Sentai, which was uh, it was like the first two teams where it was just them transforming into a team of superheroes, and that was it. And uh, they didn't have giant Zords or anything. But Spider Man, for some reason, did. Uh, and so the next season was supposed to be a Captain America season because they were using a Marvel license. And that season is the one you're talking about, where mm-hmm. they decided not to go with the established Marvel characters uh, and instead did a general like you themed team but that was the mm-hmm. first time where they combined the team concept with the robot concept making what like taking sentai and making it quote unquote super yeah. and that's where we get super sentai sentai just means squad yeah. by the way uh, uh or team uh and, and yeah so that's where it starts so it was supposed to be a captain america show that's uh, so instead, funny yeah, it's so weird. But that's actually why, like, their powers are the way they are. Like, they all are uh, super nimble, uh, relatively durable, and, su- and fairly strong. Mm-hmm. It's all keying off the Spider-Man stuff, which is relatively easy to emulate on a TV budget. Right, right. Um, and so, and, you know, you brought up Turbo. And so by the time Turbo had come around, it had been exactly 20 years for them, or 21. And so Turbo was Car Ranger, which was actually a parody series. And so that's when a lot of people fell off because they were trying to make a serious plot of this show with like the Power Rangers getting baked into a pizza or having to ride bicycles or fight with baseball bats and things that were really ridiculous, but they were still trying to make a serious show out of it. And so... And it was still keeping the same theoretical plot. Like that is a, yes. a big difference between uh, how Power Rangers was initially adapted versus how Super Sentai was set up was that Super Sentai each season was a new team with a new gimmick and it was a new shtick and so you could swing wildly and it was just like oh this season with this group is going to be more comedic or this season with this group is going to be more serious 
um, having it all be a consistent theoretically cast uh, going through from the beginning of Mighty Morphin through in space, you you had the potential for like lots of buildup and growth, but uh, it meant that these big swings be- that were required because of the footage coming from Japan mm-hmm. uh, had to be fit in in weird ways. Like when you look into like we're not really talking about the early season stuff, but like when you look into how they had to like jigsaw style put together like season three uh, from like footage that's like cr- just crazy. Uh, in like in, it, it's amazing that they even went with this labor of love. But I think yeah. that if you only remember Mighty Morphin and you remember it's like Zordon and it's teenagers with attitude and then like the cast changes had to be explained in story and stuff. It felt like a lot by the time you got mm-hmm. to Turbo. Like that was like, yeah, I did, like the tone of Turbo wasn't even the thing. I didn't like that it was cars. But the the fact that it was like like one year later, it's like, all right, it's yet another gimmick because the first three seasons had Mighty Morphin, at least like they were the same Rangers each time, uh, even if they had new like new toys for us to buy. Uh, But from that point on, it was just like, oh, okay, they're just they're just selling us stuff. But once you actually get away from the like consistent story. You can start sort of embracing it as being, oh, this is the story they're telling, and mm-hmm. these are the toys attached to that specific story. And so, because as we went, it became this giant toy market. We saw every year more and more. You know, you'd have two Zords and two giant Megazords instead of one. You would have three. You'd have auxiliary Zords. The Battleizer was introduced, which was actually an American thing that they then took to the Japanese series. And over time, they would actually start taking things from the American series. Um, but what would happen, like you're saying, they would jigsaw. You like those original series. You knew when it was the Japanese footage versus the American footage because for some reason, Kimberly had a hot pink outfit like pink uh suit instead of the the pastel pink and tommy had like a puffy lame vest instead of the the like vinyl vest and so we would see less of that as we go through where actually um what started happening with the power ranger series they found out that if they were able to just because they were working so tightly with bandai japan and toei or uh, and saban um it was actually cheaper for them to bring all of the monster suits and stuff from Japan, and if they were in New Zealand, it was a much shorter trip, a much closer trip. And, um, or they would physically go in and shoot extra um, footage. I think it started with Power Rangers in Space and Lost Galaxy. They actually, uh, Bandai America paid um, Saban uh, to produce extra like fight sequences and extra footage of the zords and the monsters and the rangers um for us to have more spliceable things it actually starts with season one of power rangers does Um, it really yeah i didn't think it started that far back yeah so uh so the first season of power rangers is based on a series called Zhu ranger yeah so after they finished adapting everything that was part of Zhu Ranger, uh, which ends with uh, I forget the episode name, but it's the one where Goldar is like driving a Zord, and it feels very oh, season yeah. finale. Um, it's it's like Annihilation or something like that. I keep wanting to say Countdown to Destruction, but that is not that that's, episode. That's space. Uh, yeah, that's space. That's, yeah, that's space. Uh, anyway, so they so it went on hiatus. And in the meantime, the show, and this is all season one because season one's like a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they hired out uh, the the Japan team for what was called Zhu Two, so they had actually already started working on the following season that was already running. But meanwhile, they were simultaneously filming stuff that 
kind of has a story that is attached to the Zhu Ranger, which is very different from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in terms of yeah. the plot. Uh, and uh, they had this story, and it was never released in Japan. Uh, and then they just sent it over to America, and we then, like, chopped it up and used it for all the footage. So yep. um, in Season 2, when the Green Ranger comes back, that is the start of them using the Zhu the 2 footage, mm-hmm. uh, which then carries them through into the end of the season, which is also why the second season doesn't really have a finale, and then the first, or pardon me, why the first season doesn't really have a finale. And then the second season has like a lot of weird um, splicing because they actually keep using some of the monster fight footage, Mm -hmm. but then they're using the Zords from the, um, God, I have it in front of me. Uh, The Thunder Zords. uh, Oh, Die Ranger. Die Ranger. Yeah. I have the DVDs in front of me. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so they, they, so they have these like weird spots where they're intercutting like the Thunder Megazord using his attack, but then it's it's Zhu Two monster fight footage, mm-hmm. uh, which is why they're they're like not actually scuffling, and that's uh, that's sort of the original sin of yeah. them trying to like uh, mash this all together because they I, I, and I, I I think they do good stuff at points with it. I'm not trying to say that them straying away from the original ja- uh, Japanese is weird, but it, it does cause problems. And like by season three, like they, they're all the time, like all the time that there's a fight scene, they're not using uh, like Japanese footage. It's so it makes it a lot more expensive mm-hmm. and they have to figure out how to get away from it, which is why Zio, they decide, fuck it. We're going back to using yeah. the fight footage from Japan. Yeah. Well, and it was just hard because they thought, so in Japan, the, the, the show is different every year. It's part of this giant franchise, but every year. And then there's always a big team up, like two part episode, which is a huge deal because then they end up are able to make new toys. Um, so what happened was they didn't think American kids were going to want these suits to switch every year. Plus, I think they couldn't figure out how to go quickly from, well, I mean, they had to because they switched from the Dinozords to the Thunderzords with Lord Zed. Um, and so I promise everyone out there that we're getting to a, a point that brings us to the future. Um, so I think it was, they just fit, you know, it was one of those that they finally went, oh God. And so then they had to use the, um, when we got the Alien Rangers. And so that was, that was more Japanese footage they were able to use with the kids, um, while they worked out like contract issues and started filming Zio. Um, and so all the, you know, oh, oh, no, no, no. I think that was... Oh, no, no, the movie was already done. I'm, I'm dumb. Um, and so, like, they, um, because the movie was done between seasons two and three. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what would happen is what started to happen was with, I believe, Lightspeed Rescue a little bit, and then majorly in Time Force and Wild Force, there was a transition from only using the giant suits of the Zords and like stop motion animation of models. And they started using 3D digital rendering of Zord battles, um, the Zord combinations, the the morphing. And so um, it gave a little more freedom. And even from there for Power Rangers, they started making some of that themselves. And so we started seeing this where we would create 40% of footage and you 60%, we're starting to see, um, and this would go heavily through the the America, the Disney seasons, that we started using more and more of our own footage because it was, 
It was like rotoscoping the old Disney animated movies. It wasn't actually costing them any less time or money. It actually was costing them more. So I think when they started seeing this this thing to adapt more and just make it themselves, they were doing it. Because like a Zord fight, you can do in post-production. You don't need any of the original actors there. So Right, one, especially once it became all CG. Yes. Um, and so like every season still has like the real suits that still lumber around and kill, you know, destroy the same city, um, which we'll bring up, but that started becoming easier. And Disney is very much a streamlined company where they want to make the best ish thing for the low ish possible price. Um, which was a lot of moving to New Zealand, but, um, I actually think it worked really well from them. And there's, you know, Sentai works within um, a a mode of formula, which is also why I thought it was perfect for Disney, because Disney Disney tends to be a very formulaic company. And so, you know, we tend to get, like, a mythical beast or a dinosaur or uh, a car or um, a martial arts-based series. They're, like, kind of the four things that we rotate through. Occasionally- yeah, once once you get a few seasons in, you start realizing that there's patterns, and that's... Yeah. Uh, and you get that uh, very quickly in uh, the Disney era. Uh, but once, oh, yeah. once you start feeling that, the, that there are patterns, you start seeing that they're having a lot more fun uh, seeing how you do that kind of story as opposed to this is our one shot to do a story where the characters are kind of ninja-y. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, Disney would keep making the series until we were in production for the 2008 series, 2009 series called Jungle Fury, um, which is rough in quality, I will just say. I did enjoy the pilot. So before Case and I recorded this, I went through and rewatched the pilot episode slash episodes um, because around Dino Fury, you would get, or not Dino Fury, Dino Dino Thunder. Dino Thunder. Good God. No, they just announced Dino <laughs> Dino Fury is the new season coming in 2021. Um, lots of dinos. I love the dino seasons. Um, I, I do love the dino seasons, but uh, they, they need to start branching out their, their vocabulary for well, describing them. Yeah, well, that's the internet. Let me tell you, I will say, Power Rangers fans, you have never met a toxic fandom until you have been in the Power Rangers fandom. Like, it is... A lot. It's a lot of people with no experience in anything having a lot of opinions about a lot of things. But that's almost any fandom. Um, but, so, Jungle Fury was originally supposed to be the last season. Um, and so, just to recap for everybody, the, uh, the series that happened, we begin with Wild Force, and then you get Power Rangers Ninja Storm, you then get Power Rangers Dino Thunder, which was impressive because it saw the return of Jason David Frank as Tommy Oliver, the original Green Ranger, as the mentor, because it had been 12 years since the original series. Um, we then got Power Rangers SPD, which stands for Space Patrol Delta, which is one of my favorites. Um, also, one of the best uh it was the second future season so it took place in the future sometime after time force um they started cobbling together a canonical universe of where things happened um because we stopped Uh, well well, sort of so the the future so time force takes place in the present but time force like has a future component yes time that future component is further in the future than spd okay i thought it was the opposite because uh, well, maybe this is also just Disney was in the warehouse uh, that they inherited and used a Time Force red suit for Sky's dad as an SPD Red Ranger. Um, 
Uh, he's in Wes's suit, which I thought was interesting. Um, the, the, the craziest part is that actually makes sense in canon because uh, Wes, the Time Force Red Ranger, is still in the past or like still in the present, yes. quote unquote. Yeah, so like them being yeah. in the future, it's like, yep, yeah, that all makes sense. It, it's it incredible. It's insane. Yeah. Well, especially it, so. And then SPD actually had a darker tone. It was very much a doom or gloom series. Um, it was very funny. There was a lot of comic to us, but something and we'll get about it when we talk about SPD, something about that was almost like if X-Men had an elevated power to them was a lot of the SPD, uh, you know, if if Civil War had happened and the American government... Yeah, it's wanted, like the initiative, like the yeah. the Marvel idea where, like, all the heroes are being, like, trained and, like, turned into, yeah. like, a fighting force. Yeah. So it, it has, like, mutants effectively... Uh, who are being conditioned to be to be rangers? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk a lot about SPD because yeah, yeah. it's also and one so of my favorites. A- SPD to me was the peak of the, it saw the absolute peak of the Disney Disney time, um, and then it kind of went downhill until we got to RPM, which is its own. I think it stands out on its own. Um, and then so you you then got Mystic Force, which was for the first time we were seeing magic, like magic outside of like like uh, ninja mag- you know, because we had the movie they created Dulcia, and in the Turbo movie you had Larigo, who were both magic, but this was a magic based season, and it was the first magic based season. Um, and then you had what I would argue is the weakest series that we have ever had in Power Rangers until you get to the Nickelodeon era, and that is something very different. Um, and it's Operation Overdrive, which in theory... Yeah, I'd agree. Again, we'll talk about it. It's if Indiana Jones was a Power Ranger, Mentor is what Operation Overdrive is, and so it should have been cool. Um, and then you had Jungle Fury, which was supposed to be the last series, but they were contracted with the um, the New Zealand Film Commission as well as they were contracted with Saban... Um, uh, Bandai, there was something. Bandai, yeah. Yeah, they were commissioned. It, it, it was a toy component that they were like obliged to, to make a show to go along with a toy line that was coming and out. And I believe the they had year. like two years left of that contract. And so they were going to try and end with Jungle Fury. And watching Jungle Fury, you can tell that they are just trying to kill the series. Like it is between Operation Overdrive and Jungle Fury, you can tell they were done. They didn't want the series anymore. Um, but then we get the final originally produced Disney season. So they were also contracted for two more seasons of television broadcasting. Um, and so they made RPM, um, which RPM doesn't really stand for anything. And again, it's it's based on a Japanese series that was really kind of funny um, and had a lot of comical components to it. And then to set... RPM is set in a future, in an alternate timeline. I believe it is canonical that it is not the main Power Rangers timeline. Yeah, um, it's, it's its own thing. That, and uh, it is set where the world has been taken over by a computer virus, and there's one city. It's a domed, protected city left, and a doctor makes a set of Power Rangers to protect that city, and it's dark, it's beautiful, it is tonally different than any other season. You get people die in the very first episode. It's really, it's, really great. It's great. It is one of I would say it's in the like it's hard to say what's the best one but it is certainly one of the best three uh, seasons uh, at all and it's arguably the one that I would tell people to like watch if they were like were curious like so wait is Power Rangers like fun to watch as an adult like I would say go check out RPM yeah like I I would uh, argue that it's top two of my favorite and it's definitely in the top five of the five best series from a storytelling and we will talk storytelling a little bit but from storytelling how they produce the show um, it's very Matt if Matt Mad Max 
was Power Rangers. That is what that last season is. And then what Disney did to um, go with their contractual obligation, they re-released the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the first 25 episodes or so. Um, And they did this weird revision where they made it look like a comic book. They added some new music and it was really weird. But because of that, they were able to make these dollar store versions of the original Power Ranger toys and re-release them. Now, we did get actually a really good Megazord that got released at the time. It wasn't legacy quality, but they also only sold it for $20, which it was really great. It was great for customization, um, but it was when we saw the Power Ranger figures get smaller. They went from normal Power Ranger size to G.I. Joe size, and that was not fun um, to pay the same price. So those are the years that we're looking at. Um, And oddly enough, Case, did you know that during the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you you can meet all five Power Rangers at MGM Studios in, in Walt Disney World? I, I did not. I did not know this either. And so on the wiki, um, so when I went to Power Rangers for the first, I went uh, Power Rangers, when I went to Walt Disney World for the first time in 2005, um, at the back of Hollywood Studios in this giant car, it was like this science car, it was a Thundermobile, you could meet five of the Power Rangers from the Disney era, and it was very cool. Um, I only took pictures with Mystic Force Pink because I was super excited that she was there. Um, I believe it was like SPD Green and um, Dino Force White, um, Wild Force Red, um, but it was... Um, you know, it was very cool. And so that also abruptly, and it was a mini show. They did flips. Um, oh, oh, Ninja Storm Green was there. Um, and so, but that also uh, kind of abruptly ended in Disney just kind of, so they weren't going to even resell. They were going to let the franchise die. This is one of those Disney things that they have this power that is amazing to me that they went, Power Rangers is just going to be done. We're done with it. So it's dead. It is dying out. And so they crumpled it up. Um, and then Saban, uh, 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 Heim, Heim Saban went, oh, no, 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 no. But he didn't have money in the, the numbers that Disney wanted. And so he went to Nickelodeon and appealed to them, which is Viacom. And they finally agreed to work with him. And they co-bought Power Rangers back for $43 million right. from Disney, which is in... That's what Disney was doing. They were kind of piecing off all of those old Fox properties that they didn't care about, but they suddenly owned the rights to. Um, And I did write down with this, he also negotiated that he repurchased VR Troopers, Big Bad Beetleborgs, Masked Rider, Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, and Mystic Knights of Tiernanog with this. So that $43 million was for all of the properties that he developed with Fox, all of those live-action properties, because he was responsible for all of them. Um, right. With Big Bad Beetleborgs and uh, VR Troopers being uh, different versions of the Metal Heroes uh, Toku franchise, which is kind of part of Super Sentai, kind of not part of Super Sentai, but it's part of the same Toku genre. In, right, in, and Mass Rider being like a shockingly bad attempt at bringing over the most popular one of those franchises Ooh, yeah. in Japan. Uh, Kamen Rider's like the big one, mm-hmm. and like all these other ones are like the offshoots, and yet it uh, did not work. Well, it's America also because Tom. Common Rider is not really for kids. It's an adult series. It's an adult-centered series. Right, yeah. They yeah. make toys with it, but actually most of the toys there are so expensive and they're so high quality that they make for uh, Common Rider. 
Um, it's it's an adult-centered series. And so we've had two attempts to bring Common Rider over with the original Mask Rider and then Common um, uh, Rider uh, Dragon Knight, which was on WB or CW at like 12.30 in the afternoons. Uh, when you and I lived in New York, it ran for about a year. Because... Um, that's one of my favorite Japanese seasons of Kamen Rider. And so it's just weird that they've never, they have not been able to make that work. Um, and so Disney kind of was very quickly to wash their hands of this franchise and get rid of it. And so again, we don't know much about what happened. The only thing I could even find, and it's a redacted interview that happened with RPM's um, producer, um, oh, I forgot to write his name down, but, um, it's been like, you go to look at the, the actual interview and it's, it's a broken link, but he was quoted in another article, um, saying that Disney was so, um, embarrassed to be, pr uh, broadcasting it, let alone producing it, um, that they were growing tired of it and wanted it to go away. Um, but also I could see that if you... Because this is when they were starting to make, like, American Dragon Jake Long, um, and Lab Rats would eventually come out. Sky High was going to be released uh, during this time. Um, and so it's one of those things that I could see when Disney couldn't figure out how to, like, do this boys action genre. Why not get rid of your, your one competition that had been going for so long that you owned that you didn't really care to go own? Um, and so I think it's really interesting. And it's... Um, it's kind of sad because now uh, Nickelodeon and uh, Saban sold it and Hasbro owns it completely outright now. So we're actually in the fourth, what I would call fourth era of Power Rangers now with Beast Morphers. Um, but the one thing that I will say that Disney did haphazardly good for when Nickelodeon and Saban would start making the show again themselves. Um, they kept production in New Zealand. A lot of the production aspects of Power Rangers has not changed. And a lot of the production teams are still the same when they transferred from Disney back over to Viacom making it. Um, that, uh, oh God, I just blanked out. Um, Oh, so there was a gap in seasons. So we were always one season behind where Japan was, but it didn't leave a lot of... That was when the Japanese seasons, I don't want to say got weird, but they started getting desperate for... So we got the train season. We had the angel season, oh, which we which originally would become... Eventually would become Megaforce and then Go Kiger, which is the pirate season, which would eventually become Super Megaforce. I, th I think the description of it being the angel season kind of... Uh, doesn't I think that the the terminology that we would use and like the best translation is this doesn't quite sell that like yeah. you could like it's it's more like a spirit kind of thing yeah. and yeah and so it's the I think anytime that a Japanese or Eastern mysticism comes into it or religion comes into it America gets weird about how they're going to sell it and, and but what's funny oh, yeah. is well, look at the original goddamn Power Rangers yeah. uh, in in Jew Ranger the idea for the Megazord was that it was God divided up into smaller parts and that they had to reform God, uh, and that's how they were able to fight Satan, which was that giant floating head that we didn't really talk enough about in the first season of Power Rangers, but it was supposed to be the actual devil right. versus the actual God, and the quote-unquote Ultra Zord, which was the fusion of all of them, was God finding its true form again. <sighs> and that's way deeper than we were, and especially because that's, 
uh, moral majority. That's million moms starting that Southern Baptist Convention time here in the U.S. I mean, I remember I was not allowed to see the Power Rangers movie because they were suddenly doing Eastern quote unquote mysticism and calling upon animal powers, which is not, it's dark sided. It is of the devil. Um, and so that's when I had to jump out originally. I know it's so weird. Everybody's like burning at home, but it was that time. Um, and so, but this these seasons are interesting, and I can see why Disney kept producing them because they're what I call the gimmick seasons. It was the beginning of the gimmick seasons, and Wild Force, to me, was the original gimmick season. Um, because in Time Force, you had three Megazords, I believe. Um, but then in Wild Force, we had six Megazords, plus... Um, uh, because well, Wild they did Force had, the- had a, a very modular system for their Zords. Yeah. Uh, uh, they've done this a couple of times, but rather than it being like, uh, the, the, this is how these like three interact with each other, it was like, oh, this Zord turns into an arm, and this one turns right. into a chess piece. So right. you could like reconfigure however you wanted. So like theoretically, I think Wild Force had like probably like what, 15 or 16 possible combinations, yes. even though that, like it was sort of like based on who was the main, mm-hmm. like yeah. who, who was the, the mm-hmm. torso. Well, and it was also about, like, saving these animal crystals and recommuting. And it was also very much about nature and protecting the world because that was when Al Gore was doing kind of his push to kind of save the planet. And so it was really interesting that they could, because it was this idea that the the orgs were trying to toxify the earth and they were about toxic and pollution and the animated. Yeah, it was very the, Captain Planet. Yep. And I loved it. I thought it was actually really great. And again, because it was still the Fox season, it's hard for us to talk about, but it directly does inform why, you know, other things happen. Um, but the gimmick in that season was that like, oh, in Japan, they sold all the Zords individually after the major Megazord came out. Um, and so, and they were inexpensive. And then in America, what they did was they sold them, you know, the Congo Megazord was the second one we got. And so, and you bought that one because you got the other bird, you got the two bears and you got the gorilla. And then you bought the Isis Megazord because you got the, the rhinoceros and the falcon and the armadillo and, and the, the saw shark. Um, and then you got their god. The, they literally had the Animarian god Megazord. Um, and then in that last, and then it was also, we didn't do them as, oh, and then you had the, the Nightwolf Megazord, and, um, which was really cool. Because this also capitalized on that idea of the evil ranger. Um, um, yeah, that trope, uh, that trope, once they did it in Power Rangers and realized how gangbuster it was. Also, once they did it in Super Sentai, Zhu Ranger is the first time we get a, a yeah. quote unquote sixth Ranger or like a proper one. Um, and basically everyone was like, that was that was a really good idea. We should do that again. And that's become a staple right. of almost every season. Well, and and then even in Lightspeed Rescue, they created a sixth ranger for the show right, because yeah, there wasn't, yeah. and they wanted to have more. And so in America, they went, cool, we'll just do a silver ranger. Great, let's do it. Titanium, let's go. Um, because the silver ranger was so popular in, in space. Um, and, and then... Um, you know, the, you know, Gal Ranger, which is the wild force. Um, and this would be actually the last season where if a yellow Ranger was played by, um, a male in the Japanese counterpart, they left it male in the American counterpart because in both time force and, um, wild force, as well as the original mighty Morphin, yellow Ranger was male and they made, female also so that you could get more female people on the team because you need more than one female voice on a team um but between the zords and the crystals you wanted to get the little the they they all came with those tiny little animal animal um 
figures that you could put in the little plastic orb and then put because the only thing I hated was that they weren't actually the colors you either got the purple orb or the red orb that was it um and then Ninja Storm again we had the like um billiard balls um in addition that were like the power-ups and so there were so many of them I believe there were 24 of those and you ended up with the Mammoth Zord as well as the Evil Rangers in that series um, who then also got their own Megazord, and then Cam got his own Megazord. And so I could see why Disney stayed with this, because then it was all about these auxiliary Zords, or yeah. these other things. Because then in Dino Thunder, you had all the auxiliary... Um, you had all the auxiliary zords that popped on and off with the main Megazord, plus you had the evil um, White Ranger that would come... Oh, we got... Wow, you are correct. Almost every season except SPD, and... And... Jungle Fury and RPM all had evil rangers. So more of these than not had evil rangers. Right, um, and most of these had had like SPD for example had not not just one sixth ranger. They had many additional rangers. Oh, on that team. I, I think we had uh, twelve rangers at the end of the day because you got Nova, Sam, Cat, and Kruger. Um, uh, oh, it's and- it's ten if you count in Japan. It was ten. It was nine in the U.S. Uh, because there was a movie that didn't get translated that had oh, an orange right. ranger. Yeah. Uh, and because in Japan it was Decca Ranger, where it was like literally, ultimately the team the team got up to ten members. Right, right. Um, uh, well, that's actually I, I take it back because that's not counting uh, the A squad. So yeah, right. so actually that probably puts us up. That would put us at fourteen. Well, and as we get into it, SPD is important because they had the first female Red Ranger. Now she was evil, but first female Red Ranger in Charlie. Uh, before we move on to like the proper Disney era, yeah. like I do want to point out, Wild Force was supposed to be the last season. Yeah. Uh, when Disney bought it, they they bought it so that they could own the property and own the the back toy sales, but they didn't really want to keep doing it. Like they, yeah. they were going to shut it down, uh, and then between the season actually going pretty well. Like it's not the best season of power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very child focused and the, they brought a lot of uh, tr- uh, directors from Japan mm-hmm. over. And so what the, the scenes look very similar to the way that they looked on the super sentai, but the, they're working with the translator. A lot of stuff got like slowed down so that the director could understand it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see with some of their acting, it's like yes. they were being, they were being given line reads that were yep. just kind of clunky. And like the, the environmentalist stuff is, is, a good idea, but it is not handled yep. super well in terms of what they want to do oh, with it. Yeah. But it had the one of the best just base crossovers ever, like with uh, with Time Force. It was a wonderful crossover oh, yes, that brought did. a lot of fans because Time Force is great. And so it brought fans to check that out. And then it has one the, one of the most famous episodes of the show ever, Forever which is Forever Red. Red. Uh, which was it's uh, the 10 year anniversary episode. Uh, and it is amazing. It, it has every Red Ranger minus Rocky uh, mm-hmm. up until that point show up. Uh, it, so every Ranger is represented. It works really well. It's a, it's a very fun one episode thing. It was supposed to be two episodes. Disney did not want to fund it. It was a uh, Bandai that like even gave them enough money to get through. And that's why there's like a, a plot convenience at the end that uses a new toy. Right. Cause it's power Rangers. Um, but like that had a lot of like fans like actually clamoring for more and yeah. they were like oh yeah i guess this could be profitable if we could get costs down so it was suggested move to new zealand and that was or like all right we'll give it a shot and then it was actually they, they made enough yeah. money for them to continue doing it for a couple seasons until they got tired around uh yeah. jungle fury yeah 
Well, and they even brought Bulk and Skull back for that. So like that, like so, who are two fan favorites, and they've been on the show all the way up through Lightspeed Rescue. Four Forever Red, you mean? Uh, what's that? For Forever Red, you mean? Yes, For Forever Red. Yeah. Yes, For Forever Red. And or um, Lost Galaxy. They've been on the show through Lost Galaxy. Like those two. Um, also, I love that Jason Narvi, who plays Skull, it runs a uh, theater department and has a doctorate in Shakespeare. It just, you know. And, you know, we, we talk about the acting. And if we talk about the acting being good, for you and I, I think it means that it's actually really good because you don't watch Power Rangers for good acting. And it's shocking when you get it. Like, yeah. Like, I do want to preface this, that we understand this is a show made for 7 to 12-year-olds. We get it. Like, that is a thing. But it is also something that, like, as an adult, and, like, I'm I'm a fan of any way that we can tell a story and make stories work. Um, and I've since had friends on uh, Power Rangers, or people I've worked with, um, uh, have been on Power Rangers, which I think is wonderful. Um, and it's so interesting because a lot of those actors that have been on past series have not gone on to do a lot, but they are so thankful generally for the fans and are so kind to fans. Um, and so if you haven't gone back and followed a, a, a Ranger actor that you really liked, go follow them on Instagram. They're really great and they love the fans. So it's just a shout out. Yeah. It's it like, it's a fun series. Like yeah. I, I look, I, I look back fondly on like the the Mighty Morphin era from a nostalgic standpoint, mm-hmm. but looking at everything after that, like uh, I think it was a really good choice to move on to each season having its own cast and yes. its own theme because I think that forced less narrative convenience to to tie it all together. Uh, but it also sort of exposed the strength of the material is that what we're getting is a very archetypal look and of a type of story and then how you play it out. Mm-hmm. And so like we get themes and whatnot, but we always get here's your color-coded uh, like five-man band mm-hmm. so that we can use tropes and discuss it and then here's how we like play with it here's how we have like a more aggressive red ranger or a more mm-hmm. stoic red ranger but like the point is to tell stories about young people aspiring to be a hero and sure it is a narrative convenience that they get superpowers that are color-coded and consistent but it is a fun one and it allows them to sort of to to really in a low stakes environment uh, explore those themes, um, and then next year try again. Mm-hmm. Well, and something they also did starting with the Disney era was they started pushing the 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 teams being very diverse from the beginning and it's from a casting standpoint of if you look back at a lot of their casting notices they literally saw whoever they thought would be right for the role and none of it was based on on race which was really great um wild force is a good example of that and you know they go through um and you know there are a couple of things we're going back now i go oh jungle fury is a little weird because we have a bunch of white kids at this uh kung fu academy this mystical kung fu academy but whatever it's fine um yeah they they never uh, they're never perfect. They're never no. like the, the pillars, but they they do make an effort to have a more racially diverse cast. I mean, they've been doing that since the first season. Yeah. Like that that has been a, a, a staple. And in fact, even the gender flipping of the Yellow Rangers on certain mm-hmm. seasons has been to have more diversity on the team. So I, I you can't condemn no no not that. at all. But what was also nice is we would start seeing diversity in that like r- the Red Ranger is almost rarely now a white kid, like a pretty blonde white kid or brunette white kid, which I actually really appreciate. Um, well, you say that, but uh, but I could think of some several very recent oh, examples yes. where it's just like well, that, this now, is awkward. We'll, we'll get to them. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get well, to them. In Jungle Fury, um, you know, it's it, he is white, um, but 
Um, I will also say that this is the one, this is the era where like actors from this era have gone on to actually have careers. Um, yeah, yeah. Specific, most noticeably RPM, and we'll get to that. But um, uh, yeah. So I guess, do you just want to launch in and start start chatting yeah. about about these seasons? Yeah, I mean, so we've talked a lot about Wild Force, um, and again, it's a hybrid season. The production team, everything, it was the California team, and they had been firing on all cylinders the pre- the previous seasons. So it's it's unfortunately a weaker season to go out on, although it does have some very big highs that we had just talked about. Uh, I, but you know, again, it's, it was a different production team going into it. So it's I, like, I don't have a lot to say about it. I've watched it a bunch because I've, 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 uh, several times started at either the, the crossover, which is like just in time, I think, or it's some time pun and then forever red. Um, and so I, uh, so I've watched from that point to the end several times. I've rarely felt the need to go back to the beginning of the show. Ugh. It's yeah, uh, it's it is rough in a lot of spots and it sucks because I like the designs of the uniforms. Like, I think I, it's a, a really cool callback to the Mighty Morphin design, which I, I think we're always going to we're always going to have a soft spot for like the Mighty Morphin design was pretty clean and the helmets were like very interesting when they came out. And like Wild Force had this, but with like with animals. And it was like, all right, this one's the lion one. And this one's like the, the eagle. And it's like uh, those are they looked really good. And, and who doesn't love an animal based anything like Animal based always does really, really well, right? Like, uh, and like the design for their uh, their their like Silver Ranger, which was their Lunar Wolf Ranger, mm-hmm. was such a good take. Because uh, so like here, like when you get into like Power Ranger stuff, like the Six Ranger is always uh, based on the main team's design, but has like uh, variations in a couple mm-hmm. ways. So that even on seasons where we get more team or like more members on the team, uh, you, you have distinct ones who are pattern a specific mm-hmm. style that's different from like the main group. Um, and uh, like this, I thought it was a really good version of that. I think his gimmick worked really well. I didn't love the character, but yeah, but I thought it was overall, it was a really fun, like, take on it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it worked really well. You know, the the, the 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 nature theme, I think, was extremely clunky. And, like, I, I, like, I'm all for it. Like, I'm, like, yeah. I want, I want that kind of activism and kids programming to, like, make people think about the environment and nature and so forth. And that was all great. But it's just, it's a, it, it is a more kid-focused show mm-hmm. than other seasons. And I would say it's even more kid-focused than, like, the earliest Mighty Morphin seasons. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kid-focused versus, like, tween and teenage focus. Right. Um, uh, and, yeah, so we've said a lot about Wild Force. I would give it a go. Um, the Red Ranger would eventually come back on a Nickelodeon series, and he is also now in jail because he murdered his roommate with a sword. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. Um, but this also starts the the hot but dumb, terrible actor Red Ranger. Well, it's not start, but, like, this is the pinnacle hot but terrible actor Red Ranger. Um, uh, but I was scandalized that they actually... Because, like, Power Rangers normally always, like, you never... The most you ever saw was, like, arms. You saw arms. And, like, they're very modest because they understand it's a kid show. They have Cole rip his shirt off in that last episode. Because um, that's another one where it's a really dark finale, two-part finale, um, where the orcs are taking over. That's another one where if you go online, I'll put it on our Facebook, but the Japanese uh, series always have the beautiful art books that are released of all of the um, uh, all of the like concept art. So in this, there are over a hundred zords, 150 that show up in that final battle in their crystals. 
and they had artists do renderings of almost all of those. It's a full list of what those zords are, as well as seven possible other megazords, because they in Japan they were going to do a second series of, of Galranger. And so... Um, you know, you have a mouse, a peacock, a horse. It's just things I love. An owl. Yeah. And they're all modular, so they all fit all together. in modular. Um, yeah. And so those I, are, the, you know, and those are, those toys are hard to find, and they're one of the ones that are still very expensive to get a hold of um, because the legacy I will line say never got that long. that Wild Force is the last point where I really care about a particular Zord. Yes, Yes, because uh, you still you still get that with like the like the wolf Megazord or uh, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Like like you you still get that like sense of terror after that. Uh, but, but like this is the one where it's just like there's so many. And like after that point, you it, it, like, there, well, there's never one that really wins it for me. Like we we get a couple that are like really good. But mm-hmm. I mean, the previous season, like the Q-Rex from Time Force was so good. And like yeah. you, you like the all, all, like, all the freaking train ones that were just like crazy giant in Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah. Side note, yeah. the train theme has been done. Yeah. And like so like we know that it can be good. Uh, so the weird season that happened more recently was a Tokiger. Yeah. Uh, where they have like train track designs on their costumes. It's so weird. It's so weird. Well, it was uh, weird. But and that one's fun because you can actually it's another one like SPD where you can flip the colors around. Um, I love that word. I, and so we'll get to that with SPD. But yeah, I think we said I would say Wild Force is definitely fun to watch a highlights of. Also, because they have like the worst mentor ever. Princess Shayla is just oh, such so a bad. wet rag. Oh, and, and it's it's not her fault. The actress did the best job she could. Um, but it's just how she was written. Like, it's just she was not written. Um, it's the same issues I have with Wild Force or um, Mystic Force when we get there. Um but so let's get into the first yeah. actual Disney series, um, Power Rangers Ninja Storm. Um, so combining uh, a little tech, a little technology, but with this idea of wind, wind ninjas uh, versus thunder ninjas and these evil space aliens, aliens and ninjas. There's a lot going on in this season. There's, I actually find it. I, I find it fairly fun. It's, it's a, super fun. Yeah, it's a bit of a a parody of Power Rangers, which I'm actually kind of here for at this point in the run. Like like Turbo was trying to like like push back on the parody concept. Mm -hmm. And this isn't like a full on parody, but there's a lot of spots where they they kind of are just joking about it. Like you can see that there's some production issues like uh, music balance is pretty, pretty hit or miss uh, throughout, including spots where like they just like blast like rock music during talking scenes. But uh like it overall is like yeah it, it's it's fun the the main actors are all fun no one can hide their New Zealand accent in no. it no oh no they can't <laughs> uh, the competition between the two different groups of Power Rangers is interesting and when they come together it's a very uh, fascinating uh, lineup of Power Rangers when you look at it because we end up with two Red Rangers two Blue Rangers and a Yellow Ranger as your main team and then we get a Green Ranger Six Ranger mm-hmm. uh, and like I I don't like they hadn't really done that before like the closest mm-hmm. they did was uh, Time Force had two Red Rangers where the Quantum Ranger their Sixth Ranger was a Red Ranger and like arguably from a different team although right. his design looks like the main teams uh, this one we got a maroon and a navy blue uh, mm-hmm. and there there was a point at how like they either clashed or flirted with their yeah. opposites on the other team which was yeah. was a fun idea well, and they made sure they called them the Crimson, Crimson Thunder Ranger and Navy Thunder Ranger. Um, and they were brothers, which I thought was fun and interesting. Um, and so, uh, 
This was another one where they actually family. It's they're all a fa- like the villain and the the mentor. The mentor also becomes a hamster in the first episode, a right. guinea pig, uh. and so they have a guinea pig sensei the whole time, which is a shame because that actor is so good. He's been in everything. Um, but he would be in everything if he was, because the the mentor yeah. and the villain are the same actor. Oh right, I forget that. I forget that. That is correct. So that yeah. Is so that they, was probably a timing yeah. thing to um, give him some time to just knock out some voice lines yeah. and uh, yeah. not be in the room for those shots because he, he would have yeah. been in pretty much every scene for the yeah. majority of the season. Well, like and, they bring him back at the end. Uh, yeah. Well, and so this is before we really talk about the morphing grid. Like, the morphing grid hadn't been established. Um, It's just one of those. But, like, the thing that happens is this is when we become... Ninja Storm is the first season where people, like... People are fans of the concept of Power Rangers. They know who the Power Rangers are. And that's when this idea of that they are also Power Rangers, it's they're they're sorting out their own long-term canonical existence in a universe. Um, because you would go on to have in Dino Thunder, they reference Lothor a lot. They reference, yeah. they reference what happens in Ninja Storm continually. Um and so uh it's um, oh, I lied. We we do get a we'll get there. We do get a team up. You get two team ups actually in in Dino Thunder. In Dino Thunder, but not in Ninja Storm. Yeah, not uh, in Ninja Storm. I, I do want to say so. The Morphin Grid was established like back in the Mighty Morphin era. It just right. uh, it gets utilized in more interesting ways later on. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think but, it was one of those Deus Ex Machina things that they would just talk about it because then it made sense. Of oh, it's this thing that gives you all power. It's fine. Yeah, but like Ninja Storm is fun. It's the second attempt that we've seen of them doing a ninja style team. Yes, uh, because the third season was actually a ninja theme season, mm-hmm. um, and we get a little bit of that with their like ninjetti powers, where they mm-hmm. can like transform into like a costumed character. But the Japanese season was actually fully ninja, right. uh, and the the Alien Rangers was that attempt at doing a ninja design. And between them, like looking at the the sets of costume, I like I understand the impetus to not have the the Kaku Ranger design be the main team for season three of Power Rangers because uh, it it looks very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's very sleek, uh, but it, it just doesn't feel kind of like the type of team that the Mighty Morphin era was. This one looks closer to a Mighty Morphin team, but yeah. with a ninja theme. And I think it works really well. Like, I like the they have like gray sections and like different mm-hmm. uh, portions of their costume mm-hmm. are kind of like kind of look like. They're patterned to look like the way we traditionally depict ninjas and like yeah. the certain types of fabrics and whatnot that you would show, uh, which I thought was good. They also had their training uniforms. So this became the point where there there needed to be two versions of because Power Rangers cycled through two years of toy sales. Um, so they needed to be able to release multiple versions of the same Ranger figure. Um, and so I remember them releasing uh, like kung fu action ninja action action figures of the three rangers in their training gear where all you saw was this much of them um uh and then you also had their morphed version as well uh that we would get um going through here and it was interesting because it was also like they were created using technology because cam is a techno person um which is really interesting that like their secondary mentor person that works with them becomes their six ranger um and he's this very billy-esque character who actually has a really good the two-part episode where they go back and he meets his mother 
in the past to get the the orb to get the morpher is really powerful and yeah. this this series actually has some really really great and it's interesting because this is still this is the end of the era where Disney was obsessed with the X games and like the universe was obsessed with like esports and so that's why like having Tori be a surfer and Dustin be a motocross person and Shane being this crazy um crazy skateboarder and it's it's a shame we just lost the actor that who played the rain ranger red ranger this yeah. past year it was a big big shame we've lost quite a few um but i'd say you know it's not my favorite but this one was really good and it sold a ton of product um because you you they didn't sell like in japan they sold the those little orb the power-up orbs that had like the fan or the explosion or the mace or whatever they were sold separately where here they you got two of them per megazord and then they finally did that giant mammoth where you could put all of them in there um and so you know it's one of those that like uh, this was also be the point there's a an actress i um who gets introduced in this season who she oh no it's oh, one of yes. Lothor's nieces one of it, Lothor's uh, nieces comes back in another season yeah what is it Katrina Divine I yeah. think well and then we get that again in Mystic Force and um uh Jungle Fury we have yeah. an actress that comes back and she she's so good I love her I wish she was in more things um I always I, I always confused her with Ashley Eccleston for a long time because they look so similar um yeah, so I, you know, Ninja Storm, again, I, this was the first time that I actually, you could see the difference in direction that Disney was making. Um, now, I will say, this show developed the quarry. There is a, the, the, the fight quarry. It is, it is, it has that big cascading uh, backdrop um, and then that very open stone pit that a lot of action scenes happened in. Um, and it is used, you can see it in every single season. It's so through much. the most current season. Um, but, you know, it's also because they probably, with the explosives, I mean, the amount of pyro that the show uses... Um, it, they probably could only get zoned for certain areas. And because New Zealand is so rush, plush, and so green, they probably could not set off that much pyro in a place that had anything flammable. Yeah, I mean, they that happened in the previous uh, seasons, too. Like, if you look at Forever Red, it's in a quarry. Like, there were there were quarries that they would oh, use for filming before. Oh, this is that same quarry. This is that, this is that same quarry that Forever Red was used in, I believe. But that was California shot. Oh, was it? I thought they shot that just yeah, that episode in New Zealand. Um, well, but, but the point is though, that they were oh, using, yeah, yeah. they were using quarries yes. and like there were certain spots when they get to the New Zealand seasons, they've got like a spot that they shoot yeah. all the, all the yeah. fight scenes at. Like there's no diversity. Like, um, the, the Japanese footage has like, there's like a factory that they use consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, like it's like some sort of like water pump plant where there's like all these pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see it all the time in Japanese footage from the seasons leading up to it. At this point, all of a sudden the same goddamn quarry becomes like the set piece for every major battle to the point yep. where there's like an episode where someone goes like they're attacking the quarry and they just like run over and have a fight there. Yep. Um, I mean, they're aware of their jokes, which is oh, a good yeah. part about the show. Yeah. yeah this, so- this starts that this starts the, uh, the back explosions, although those don't get really big until SPD. Right. Um, well, and this they- also starts wire foo. This is when, this is when most fans start being really critical of the show because this is when they start really excessively using wire cranes and wire action shots for, for bigger, bigger action effects. 
in in such where we see it in every scene in every battle. Yeah, um, with them in civilian form too. Like yes, uh, th- like they had started using like the wire stuff, uh, uh, particularly for like time force and wild force mm-hmm. to good effect. Like there was some cool uses of it. Uh, like Forever Red had like a great shot with Mighty Morphin doing like a flying kick that yeah. you couldn't have done on the previous show, but like no. it was like nice to see. Uh, but with this, all of a sudden we've got them in their like ninja forms, and then later l- later seasons have civilian powers so that we can have fight scenes that are assisted with special effects rather than them just being martial artists, mm-hmm. uh, which might arguably allow for them to get some better actors uh, more consistently. But yeah. uh, uh, you know. We, we started here and it, it, like very much this is the start of the Disney era in terms of like the tone, the like the look. Uh, we haven't mentioned there's like a yellow hue for all the Disney era stuff that is yeah. not present in the like the American foot or like the like the Saban era that led before it. And then yes. when we cut to the Neo Saban era, all of a sudden we switch to HD and it's a there's a very distinct look that is. Yes different from everything before, but anything in the Disney era, uh, the, the, the chroma key is like just turned a little towards yellow. Uh, and, and it's we just see like very noticeable. More more, we see it getting more and more every season until you get to, um, RPM where every time they're outside of Corinth, it is just that dark yellow color. Well, and, that's an effect, but <laughs> yeah, well, but like but I yeah. noticed that I was like, Oh, I get that. It's like dystopian earth. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, it's, I would, I, I would recommend everybody watch some of these eras because there's also some very Disney Channel-esque things about how the show is written, how the show is produced, and it's campy, but it's fun. It is it is really fun. Um, yeah, and then we got yeah. Dino Thunder. Yeah, um, now Dino Thunder is probably the one that most people who are tangentially familiar mm-hmm. with with Power Rangers but mm-hmm. don't actually like watch it are aware of because we it's the first big Dino season to come back. And it is the return of Jason David Frank as Tommy. So a lot of people were were talking about it. Like before I was like getting back into Power Rangers, I knew that there was this season out there. And it's a weird season because he actually had a weird contract thing where his voice is in about half the season, but he is not. They do some weird things. So he plays the Black Ranger, and this season does what it did, the the previous season did, which is we've got a main three Rangers. So we get red, blue, and yellow again. Um, Oh, snap. I want to, going back real quick to Ninja Storm, we didn't talk about how that's the first time where we're dealing with a yellow male and a uh, blue female Oh, yes, 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 yes. So this is also the first time we haven't had a pink or white female ranger. Um, And um, uh, a, a female blue ranger... Uh, yeah, and so this was the first time we see them really kind of flipping that up. Um, but this is also that point where we start having that conversation of like, oh, pink isn't necessarily a girl's color, blue isn't necessarily a boy's color. Um, and in the U.S., in like the U.S. That, at least, yeah. yeah. In Japan, it had been like oh, white yeah. and blue were common oh, colors yeah. for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, and so we're in Dino Thunder, and there. In this situation, three kids who would normally never get along um, 
And, you know, it was a really nice use of the fact that their Yellow Ranger was an emerging, like, indie pop star. And so, like, they have her singing in in this pilot, um, which I think was a song that maybe Disney was kind of trying to release because she sings it, like, four times. And she's they're, they're, like, stumbling through a cavern and she's singing to her own song to herself. And I was like, oh, girl. Um, and this is the first time you get the really unlikable Red Ranger. Like, he's a dick. Like, uh, he's that dickish jock who, again, cannot hide that dialect to save himself. Um, nope. And uh, I believe the Yellow Ranger is on the Batgirl series. Or she's on a ACW show. Um, but she's another one that's actually gone on to, like, do things since then. And she's released an album. Um, and then, you know, we would eventually... And this is one where, like, we find out that Tommy has been, like kind of an Indiana Jones and like working science and doing like Tommy went to college and is smart or something. I don't know. And it's been developing. Yeah, that part was weird. Dino based technology. And so they're like pseudo robots and there's an evil principal who's very much, uh, Eveline from, uh, uh, masters of the universe. Like they're just all these things. Um, but we get Haley. So we've started getting this like secondary mentor character instead of like a kitschy, like an alpha or the, or the, um, owl in time force. We're getting like a secondary person. Um, and so we get Haley who is actually a really cool character. Um, in, in the show, um, and so she, she works with Tommy. I always really wanted her to become a ranger, but there wasn't anything for her. Um, and so there's the like brooding hot boy Trent who becomes the evil white ranger who then becomes the good white ranger. Um, and Tommy is the black ranger. He gets the Brachio Zord, which really does nothing more than like carry the other Zord. Oh, it's Titanus. It's, cool. as, it's Titanus. Um, yeah. But it's way cooler than, it's more sleek than Titanus. I love the Brachio Right, Zord. it actually can walk and, yeah. and stuff. And he, and he has like a uh, uh, like an ATV as yeah. his like travel. Like, yeah. uh, Japan always had like a, um, like motorcycles and stuff as like yes. part of the, the Rangers like arsenal and um, the US oftentimes got away from that just because they they had like the teleporting convention in the early shows and then just like it, it's hard to film new footage with yeah. motorcycle stuff because you need stunt drivers uh so they would often kind of avoid it but at this point we're back into it and like they're they're all about having like vehicles well Uh, and they would they would still always make a toy of the vehicles those those um, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the toys were were to be sold, but they they didn't necessarily have an appearance like no. uh, famously, I think, with Power Range with like Mighty Morphin. There's like a, just a shot where they like show up and the the, the uh, motorcycles are there. Uh, but that's it. Like, like they don't yeah. use it. <laughs> They're just there in a shot. Yeah. Or one season they had the shark cycles that like didn't at all fit in with the rest of the series. And you're like, oh, uh, OK. Um, right. OK. But back to Dino Thunder. And so Dino Thunder um, was when everybody was hoping for any of the other original Rangers to show back up and it never happens. Um, Tommy actually is, he's in the black Ranger suit for be So the whole point is that these dino gems give them mutations. And so he can be invisible. He's stuck in his suit. There are all these things where like his voice is present. And so the middle of the show gets really messy. Like he gets really, really messy, but it's another one that like ends on a really cool note. Um, and in this show, they don't get, uh, they don't get motorcycles. They actually have Raptor, like Raptor bots that they ride on, which are cool and they don't use nearly enough. Um, but you know, so yeah. this is another one where it's fun and everybody loves the dinosaur series. This is another one that had like 12 or 13 Zords and I think four Megazords um, when all was said and done. 
Yeah, um, but who doesn't love a red Tyrannosaurus? Like that. Oh, the, love it. Love it. it I'm it a thousand great. percent here for it. Uh, well, and th- they this even... is one where the Zords were fun to see, even if I yes. liked the Mighty Morphin equivalents better. Like, it was still, like, good to see them. Well, and the Zords had personality. Like, I love any season, like Wild Force. The Zords, you, they have emotion. They have personality. Because the whole point of the pilot is they have to bond. Like, the Zords are evil, and they have to bond with them to save yeah. the city. And it's a little too easy, but, like... It is what it is. Um, so uh, we get a team up episode where they encounter nin- uh, the Ninja Storm people, which, so which got referenced a lot, it, like up until this point. The, oh like, yeah, there is yeah, a yeah. continuity. Uh, for one thing, like the the kid who plays Connor, who is the Red Ranger, uh, he was a uh, he had cameos in Ninja Storm as a different character, and they're oh, like, yes. oh, that's my brother, yeah. and so they like they. So we get like a fun, and I think that's the only one where they actually like fight each other, like yes. where it's like a full on team on or like team versus yeah. team fight, and it's the main three ninjas versus the main three characters. Yeah, from Dino Thunder, it's a, it's a fun crossover, and then we also get. Um, like Tommy's journey to like recover who he is, like he gets trapped in a coma, uh, oh, and he has yeah. to battle himself. Oh, he has to yeah. battle the Green, White, and Zeo Ranger. Yeah, and so that's a really cool episode. Um, but it is cool because it also sets up that we were like, how do all these things always happen to Angel Grove? Now, so this is tangentially like up and down the coast of California or whatever. These are different cities where like they're aware of what's happening around them in their own state and other cities because yeah this is power rangers is more referential than it ever was because really until lost galaxy it's it's within there were maybe maybe 16 rangers between the first episode of the first season and the last episode of in space um um maybe 20 maybe 20 altogether not counting um alien rangers um so this is this is, and you know what's funny? I completely forgot about the team up until you just said that now. Um, but yeah, and so Dino Thunder's cool. It's a very visually appealing show. The story's not stellar, but it is really fun to see um, and kind of return to that idea of that we love dinosaurs. And I think for a lot of people, it's a letdown because there was no Mighty Morphin tie-in i think contractually but that was also a point when like amy joe johnson wanted nothing to do with the franchise uh david yost wanted nothing to do with the franchise austin st james had gained a ton of weight um uh the actress who played trini had passed away and walter jones was who played zach was just trying to move on um and so and johnny young bosch was a really really well-known voice actor at that point so like yeah and uh, so i think it was they just it didn't, and I'm sure Disney didn't want to pay for all of that to fly all those people to New Zealand for one episode, and because um, with those yeah, I, Ninja Storm I mean, actors, feasibly they're still in Australia, so. Yeah, I mean, like, with with this season, it was one where if it was a little bit shorter, I think everyone would just kind of love it. Like, it's yeah. well-regarded because the characters are generally pretty fun, well-defined, it's... it emulates but doesn't it's not a copy of the original mighty morphin um like the be, like the fine or mesagog like the the main boss is uh actually really cool looking uh, yeah he's they, and we, he's really scary like insanely yeah. scary yeah uh, yeah we get good like we get cool stuff going on but it also has civilian powers it's got some of the sound issues i mentioned before that mm-hmm. like just don't don't really go away um uh, by by spd it's a bit better but like yeah. um so like music's a little rough. Uh, the actual mixing is a little bit rough. It, it's still finding its footing for the new production team. But uh, it, like I said, it, it was a good season that has like cool things to talk about. Like Tommy mm-hmm. shows up again. And if mm-hmm. if you're not in the know for like how uh, 
uh, rough he's been to be a fan of, uh, or like as a the figure of a of a property or like the figurehead of a property. Um, then you're just excited that Tommy's back because yeah. hey, that's cool. And like he was in Forever Red, but like hey, this is like him as a, a support as a, the lead, like the team like mentor for mm-hmm. a chunk. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like a little too long. There's a little few, there's a few too many power ups, yeah. and you know it's just it's it, it has all the problems that Power Ranger seasons had started to uh, be associated with um, yeah. on what was fun, like fundamentally a good setup and execution of it. It just didn't. It didn't cut away the chaff. And this is when they started making the season shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, and how they kind of started utilizing storytelling and getting from point A to point B to point C quickly. Um, and still well, you say that like episodes. it's a bad thing, but let's remember just how long some of those early seasons well, were. Like, no, 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 absolutely. Because, you know, and it also meant less filler, even though I'd say Dino Thunder has a lot of filler to it. Um, but again, it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch, but it is, this is a weird time for this franchise again, because it's a franchise that have feasibly lived in America beyond its shelf life. Um, cause this is, this is beyond the point where the toys weren't hard to find anymore. They were sitting on shelves. You could find them marked down at the end of the season. Um, but they were because they were still making the amount from five or six years prior when it was still really hard to even with Lost Galaxy or Lost Galaxy and Lightspeed Rescue. Those Zords were still kind of hard to come by. Um, and so uh, this was a this was a, a hard, eh, a hard one, but a fun one. So, I, you know, I would say, again, give it a view. Um, watch a couple key episodes. Um, yeah, certainly if you're doing a rewatch of Power Rangers, like it's a it's going to be one of the ones that we're going to recommend on the the top end of the spectrum. Yes. Uh, uh, but there's just so much Power Rangers. Yes, gone. Um, yeah, we're it's almost we are two, three years from its 30th anniversary of the franchise, which is so weird. We just had the 25th um, and the 20th. Um, and so uh, 25th was cool because it was more comic and toy rela- related than the, the Epic Bottle and Megaforce. Um, cause yeah, really, the 20th I, was just a... I also, well, I also think... I thought this series was going to end at the end of Megaforce, which was interesting. Um, but then we got another team up last year, which was really cool. Um, yeah. That a lot of those original Rangers were back in. Um, and so then we get SPD, which to me, again, it's one of the best. There's a lot that's like super campy about it, but like it's fun. It's dark. Um, who doesn't love a future police based season with a mentor that's a blue dog person and a secondary mentor that's like a, a sexy cat woman like and a, a bumbling a bumbling tech head and boom like there there's so much good about SPD that even the camptastic moments um are you know it's it's you yeah, know it's, it's it's if the Avengers initiative like you said earlier had you know had a future like a long-term future yeah, I think it's one of the best setups for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it goes with a very like a very classic Japanese setup of like it's a government sponsored team. Like we don't do that mm-hmm. very often on the American stuff. Like mm-hmm. there are a lots in the Japanese line. Uh, like Lightspeed Rescue is also one, and this is kind of the next one in yeah. in that total total sequence. Time Force has some arguable components because the future Time Force is government. Of that time, yeah, but they they didn't do too much world building in Time Force, which right. is why I always still have some questions in Time Force. But um, but but with SPD, so the the coolest part about it is that we're following what's literally the B squad, and yeah. they're always the B squad in the season. Um, and there's an A squad that are <laughs> that is a kit bash of the uh, the in space helmets on top of just mm-hmm. like SWAT gear. Pardon mm-hmm. me, uh, it's a kit bash of the S. Uh, 
pardon me, it's a kit bash of the in-space helmets uh, on top of basically like SWAT gear. Um, and it, it looks fine as like a cool, like here's our like beefed up, like level 20 characters. And then we're going to be following the, these like the, the newbies. And like, there's even lower ranking teams. Like there's a point where they're mentoring like D squad or C squad at one point. Uh, so that's like a fun setup Their Their mentor is interesting. Uh, in all regards, uh, but especially because when he becomes a ranger, he's a fucking badass. Oh, uh, I love the Shadow s- Ranger. He's one of my favorites. It's so, he's it's, so the good. design's great. <laughs> Everything about it is so great. Um, the the Zords are all very practical, and you don't really mm-hmm. care that much about particular Zords because no. they're vehicles that they're using as part mm-hmm. of the military team, which makes more sense. Uh, like the the look of the, I I really like their outfits in this season. Yep, it's uh, sleek. It looks so good. Uh, the the upgrades they get over time eventually get them to be in similar design space to mm-hmm. like to the A squad so that's cool we've got the A squad actually turning out to have uh, gone evil uh, have gone rogue and like that's a cool setup for it the villain is really successful throughout Ooh. like he, he opens the the show with actually destroying uh, a planet. So there's there's that like we get a crossover in it like the the civilian powers are kind of lame but there's some fun uses of it. Uh, Omega Ranger kind of sucks and it happens. He's a ball uh, of I wish light. Cat, I hate that. I yeah. yeah I, was, I wish I wish Cat had stayed a Ranger more than Sam. Yeah. And then you well, get yeah, no- yeah, wish- and you get Nova from the future and she's fine. She has a really cool suit though. The suits yes. in this are so so cool. Well, and this series actually did so well that um if anybody isn't if you're a comic person and you haven't read the boot. Studios comics get on it because we oh, actually yeah. we actually find out that Grum now again this is them canonically connecting all the universes that Grum worked for Astronema and that crew like that Astronema helped destroy Kruger's family and th- we see that because there's a, a comic called The Trial of Astronema and where after she's no longer Astronema and she's not quite joined. Uh, lost galaxy yet that she has to go on um in front of kruger and be tried for war crimes of genocide it's so good it's so good. so good and the they, boom studio stuff is so good it's <laughs> so good it, re- it really ages everything up so well but like this season to me it's it's the second best out of this era it is it is but not second best in a way like oh it's second but like it is my personal second favorite, but like, it's so good. The characters are so much fun because like bridge for me is a reason to watch this season, but Oh my God. Yes. He's my favorite character. Matt Austin Uh, as bridge is one of the best. It's the only effective nerdy, like trope use that they've ever had in a character. Like he's just so good, but he also has so much heart and he's just so good. And he, he, he's the reason to watch this season because it's just so He's that he's that buttery, buttery reason to watch that season. Buttery. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what hand I'm making right now. It's just buttery. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uh, Yeah. So the soundtrack or the uh, the theme song. This is this is without a doubt the best theme song of the Disney era. I agree. Uh, It is so goddamn good. It's a Ron Wasserman again. And like it's been a while since we've had Ron Wasserman do the theme song. And when he does the theme song, it's it's great. And it's it's so good. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it's hard to beat the original, but like it is a in strong competition for it. It's uh, the I, I one other thing I really like is I like that there's a rank structure to the color codes yeah. and like because it's informal in a lot of seasons and it's been defied in some seasons. And like the the Japanese Japanese stuff, it's not always the way like sometimes the Black Ranger is the leader, but the Red Ranger is the hero. And mm-hmm. uh, but I like in this having it be like, all right, the rank like the leading like the field commander 
is the Red Ranger. And so, like, no. when characters leave the team, their colors change. And there's actually a really funny joke at the end of the season because a bunch of characters leave. And so there's like a lot of shift up uh, where they like two of the characters show up at a clothing drive with all of their old colored clothes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a uh, it's Bridge and Sky who yeah. have both been upgraded. So like Sky goes from Blue Ranger to Red Ranger and Bridge goes from green to blue. And they both show up with a bunch of green and blue clothes to uh, to donate to charity. And it's like, like such a great like little moment right there. But what I also love about that is it's implied that Sid also got pushed up to Blue Ranger, which is amazing because also something that's really cool. A Squad's Pink Ranger is male. So, like, this is another moment of they're flipping this on its end, and it had a cool morpher. That morpher is one of the hardest and most expensive to find online. The SPD badge is so cool. It's just really well done from top to toe, and I highly recommend watching it. Um, yeah. If it was, like, 10 episodes shorter, like, it's a 38-episode season. If it was, like, if, 28, yeah. it probably would be a little bit I better. I feel like SPD would be perfect if they'd done a 22, like, a primetime season of 22 episodes. It would have been flawless. Yeah. Um, and it sets a standard that only to me RPM meets for the rest of the Disney era. And I feel like none of the shows since then have come up to this standard that they set. As we went into uh, the Nickelodeon era. I could I, I could make an argument for Dino Charge, but but definitely oh, SPD is well really Dino Charge the problem with the Nickelodeon era is they're now two years per team, and that's that's sixty to eighty episodes of too much nonsense. Of of but it's it's hard. Yeah, but anyway, like yeah. SPD is is great. The costumes are great. It's like the the tone. They have a hard time keeping it up a little bit towards the middle, and that's yeah. why I'm saying like it'd be nice if it was like a little bit shorter. I agree. But they have some great uses of of like of powers. Like there's mm-hmm. a one monster that like killed Sky's father, who uh, is implied to be like implied to be West, the time force red ranger, which actually works in the timeline or yeah. it's someone else. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but they use the costume. So they, the, the monster can like tr- teleport through reflections. And so mm-hmm. when uh, sky goes to confront him in an interrogation room, he has like everything covered up that might be reflective surface. Um, and so the monster taunts him until a tear trickles down below his uh, like opaque sunglasses. And that yeah. tear is enough of a reflection for him to escape. Like that was such a cool scene. Like, yeah. In general, that's a cool scene, and let alone in Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool. And then so we move into Mystic Force, which is such a deviation from SPD. Um, oh yeah, very very big, uh, very big pivot. Yeah, Lots of good ideas. Uh, very big pivot. Yeah. Um, some of the weakest performances, I would argue, out of a Power Rangers series. Some of the weakest design of the American design of things. You can tell the fashion K-hole that we were in at this point. Because, like, they're... I don't want to call them, but they're, like, wizard costumes that are, like, Jinko jeans with cargo pants and like it's the design of this is cool and i liked mystic force i think all of the japanese design stuff is so cool that they used yeah their costumes i really like the the actual outfits because you're talking about their like civilian looks but like their their ranger looks uh are so cool for this specific Mm -hmm. type of team like you can't do it for another team like this is why like having alternate like changing out the whole setup each year works really well because you can like this as a group of mystic knights basically is Mm -hmm. awesome uh they have little capes that never appear in anywhere else in power rangers 
that are, are are cool. They've got like this like sigil component to like their animal symbol being the glass on their helmet, mm-hmm. not like the shape of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the overall design is just it's very eye catching. Um, and there's like subtle M's in the the shape of everything. Like mm-hmm. the way there's like there's like a V design on their chest that then like has a stripe yeah. go down their arms, and that's an M like for for mystic or magic. Um, because it was Magic Ranger in in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really like that part. Well, and um, this is another one only because I watched all of Magic Ranger, and it's one of the few that I've watched all of the Sentai. Um, it's interesting to know that like all of that monster footage in the first episode was the Japanese monster footage, but then they worked tirelessly to overlay the forest instead of a city because something that I thought Mystic Force missed was the family aspect that Magi Ranger had. So in Magi Ranger, they are a group of siblings, and the White Ranger, Mystic, um, the White Mystic Ranger is called Mystic Mother, and she is their, she's their, um, their mom. And so they're a group of siblings, and she dies in the, or goes missing in that first episode. And so they have to work the whole time to get her back. And so they have the family aspect between Udana and, um, of the evil guy and Nick, but like Udana, while in theory is supposed to be like Galadriel and she's supposed to be cool. And the actress is lovely. They just didn't give her and Claire much to work with. Like they just didn't, um, like I wanted Claire to become a ranger the whole time. I wanted an American created ranger for her. Um, the, the, the weird, Mystic Train. Now, that's a Japanese thing. The train. Like, there are so many things that are cool about Mystic Force um, that are fun and, like, it made for good toys. Like, their power-up is so cool. Um, Like, their secondary costume they get. Um, But... Um, now I will say they, this was the only one that did like a movie event. It was a made for TV movie. It was a three part episode called dark wish that they showed together where the power Rangers lose their powers. Um, and they have to fight through the magical tribunal to get them back. So you find out that there's this, this is where they canonically again, set something else up for power Rangers. There's this like magical council that oversees the morphing grid that they have to go and appeal to. And then there's like this highest power, um, who ends up being Rita, which I think is really cool. Right, yeah. They use that from Magi Ranger. It's the actress who played uh, Bandora, who is Rita. Um, but in this, it made sense because we see her and Zed get purified at the end of space. And so why wouldn't Rita then become a super powerful witch? That, that, like, she still would have her But magic. like a good witch, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, but a good witch. It was such um, a great idea. And it uh, actually... I really wish they spent more time on her. And that's I do probably too. they just didn't have the footage. But, well, oh, yeah, man. it's because it's one scene in the Japanese. But it actually is kind of a weird payoff for something they do in Operation Overdrive. Um, uh, but yeah, it's one of those sort things. Of. That, um, yeah, sort of. Um, but they, they've got some of the best hand-to-hand non-morphed fighting footage that has existed in the, the series that's not in wires. They, it's in that big desert scene, yeah. and it's so good. And I really actually cared about all of these people as characters. I thought the actors did the best they could. Um um, I did like that they were siblings, like the the pink and blue ranger were siblings, but like V is such a good character, but then to have her just be, she's too punk to be pink. And like, that's her journey is like, she's cool to be the pink ranger by the end of it. And you're like, okay, that's cool. And I like the morphers being phones. Um, but like, you know, it's one of those things that it just, it hit the, it missed the mark in so many places that it, it, um, yeah, it just we would see the return of the actor who played Boom in uh, SPD. He's been in like five or six different seasons and like costumed characters. Um, and yeah. he's really great. And so, you know, there's not a lot to say about Mystic Force. Um, 
the well, villains. I don't know. I mean, there's cool. a, there's a few things like that. I th- like. I think this that season gets uh, shit on a lot it, unnecessarily. I think it's nowhere near as bad yeah. as the immediate after season. Oh, I agree. Uh, and I think that there's a lot that has come that's been worse. And I think it's better than some of the other series that have come before. Oh, uh, like yeah. it's got some cool stuff. Like, again, you mentioned the like the white Mystic Ranger. We also get um, the like the Solaris Knight, John Tui, who was the voice of uh, Doggy Kruger in the previous season. Yeah. Um, he, like he is their like official sixth ranger, um, which you can see because he's got a similar design to all of them, but it's more like plated, mm-hmm. um, but it's still like a spandex outfit. Uh, and then we get Leanbo, uh, who is Nick's father, mm-hmm. at, who we is, uh, what's, what is he called for the first half of the season? Oh. Uh, Wolzard is the well, Japanese yeah. one, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah. it's very cool. Like he starts off as this like purple, like dark knight um, that has this like honor component. And like, yeah, you can argue that the way his like he's all about honor is not as good as like, what was it? A clip door from yeah. uh, from in space. Um, it's still there and it's it's still pretty cool. And when he trans or when he transforms, he is then an alternate Red Ranger, but a Red Ranger mm-hmm. who is like fully in armor uh, when he's like redeemed. And like I, I like that component, too, where we get this sort of like father son dynamic of the two mm-hmm. Red Rangers. Um, like that part's really cool. I, I I think of him as a Ranger when he, he when he oh, performs because like yeah. like it, there's too many like design components. Uh, like yeah. there's this idea of like uh, Ranger allies or Ranger friends, uh, which would be like. Um, like the Phantom Ranger would be one, or the Blue Centurion, or Ninja, or like all those or types Magnet, of characters. Even Magnet yeah. Defender for a lot of people. Right, yeah, but like, and so you get into like, wh- where is the line for some of these characters? Yes. I would say that this one is fully a Ranger, oh, even though yes. he has a more armored look. Like, he's got the same kind of faceplate design. Like, he has like several components that are like in theme for the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. It's just more armor, um, which is good because like the like this this season is about weird looks anyway. So yeah. the, so that worked really cool. Or really well. It's like a cool thing. In, um, I was going to say, in Japan originally, he was supposed to be, his his beast was supposed to be Cerberus, and I wish they leaned into that. Because, um, like, his horse was cool, but I would have really loved to see, like, him become this three-headed megazord that then reared back up and was its own that would have been really cool yeah. that, but that's oh, a, this is a, so this is a season where they transform into their swords instead yes. of summoning them uh, yeah. and i think this is the first one in america yes uh, because, like there's a lot of times where stuff gets uh transferred weirdly from the the japanese mm-hmm. so like the the family art uh, component is has been in a lot of japanese series that just they've just never done. Yeah. Um, and it's really obvious here because of all the magic stuff, but like Lightspeed rescue is another one. Uh, and there were plenty of like pre power ranger seasons that were like that. Uh, so like this one, we, it's, we get some cool transformation stuff. We get some cool elements for the characters. I like Xander. Like he's a fun green ranger. Oh yeah. He's Uh, (laughs) We just need to talk it out. Yeah. He's always like he's actually always trying to like have a conversation rather than a fight, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's uh, it is not a great season in the the hierarchy of it, but it's definitely uh, towards the middle and not towards the bottom. Yeah, uh, because then yeah. we get towards the bottom with the next season. <gasps> yes, we do, and I would say this one's definitely worth watching. If nothing else, watch the first episode or first two episodes. Watch Dark Wish, which is a three-episode arc, and then watch the final two episodes. It's really good. The only thing about this that I wish they'd done, because they set up that idea of, like, the first set of Mystic Force Rangers who died protecting, I wish each of the Rangers would have had to connect with the spirit of that, that, um... It's something that Jungle Fury actually does well. 
Um, but I wish that we had seen those rangers had come back maybe in that last battle and we'd seen them all looking more like Lian Bo as a separate set of rangers. That That's yeah. the only other thing. And that's something they could have done because that was specifically an American thing that they could have done. But who knows? It's fine. It's whatever. Um, so then we get to Jungle Fury, which was supposed... Nope, oh, nope. oh, then we no. get to Operation Overdrive. Oh, the, the series that I like to forget because I like to think that it yeah. is the actual worst series that has ever existed of Power it's, Rangers. It's, it is competing for the worst. It like It's, it's real bad. Um, yeah. It, and it sucks because it's the 15th anniversary. Apparently, the season it was based on in Japan is pretty good. I haven't it seen is. it. It is. It's but. so good. I've seen a lot of it. And again, it's, it's they're all treasure hunters. The whole point of this is excavation archaeology and bringing back these things so and their mentor who is such a dreamboat he's such a daddy for everybody out there um but he's he's like indiana jones like he's just a really rich indiana jones um um but there's and it's like it makes sense recruiting like a master spy a stunt artist the smartest woman in the world and a race car driver like the best and she's the best driver which i also love as female because this was also when danica patrick was happening so like her emergence into driving so i thought it was really smart to have ronnie but like the scripts were so bad it's so bad um, the villain, the campy double villain thing, like Heat Miser, Snow Miser, like it's just. It's I like the different factions. That part is cool. Like it's a it's a bunch of different teams of villains that don't always work together, and in fact are in direct conflict for most of the series. That is a cool element. The, like there's so much about this season that should be good. Yeah. Well, and this is the first season, and it would be the next three seasons where we talk about the morphing grid a lot, and Andrew Hartford hacks the fucking morphing grid. These are bootleg Power Rangers, and this season feels like a bootleg Power Rangers season. Like, it feels like a bad ripoff. Even to the point of, like, the Red Ranger, he built his own son, and the Red Ranger's a fucking robot. Like, I... That's the point. This is the only season of Power Rangers I have never finished that I've started. Um, Like, I actually like that as a concept... Like they, they, that's one of the better parts of this season is the problem. Like that's uh, like uh, Max, like journey to sort of like accept yeah. that he is artificial. Cause he does not know at the start of the season. Right. Um, I think it's actually really good. They set it up pretty well uh, before you get to the point where that it's revealed. It's a, it's a big surprise. Like I was shocked when that episode hit, I went, I'm so stupid see, that I didn't see. I went coming. into the show knowing that fact. So that kind oh, of okay. threw it off. It well, would actually surprise me later, was how yeah. long, because I oh, like yeah. the first thing I saw of this, of this season was the crossover, which we will talk about in a second. But that crossover, I just assumed they all knew because he has several very robotic things and it's not just his acting. Right. Like he like Woo! the way is like he like spins stuff around and whatnot. Like it's it's uh, it's, it's there, there's he's he, it's a, such an almost cool plot and the every episode leads into the next one in this like serial serialized mm-hmm. structure that's a cool idea them traveling around cool idea mentor cool uh, the butler is really cool in this he's season he's so good <laughs> uh, we get uh, we like the crossover itself has so many things that should be great yep that, that just should be great the different factions are good but everyone's performances are fucking terrible uh, and it's just like every episode is not that great the the designs i like in theory it's definitely proof that like that stripe design works better in print than in person yes um like i love like the 90s legion of superhero costumes that all have that same basic stripe design Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't work perfectly here like the mercury ranger i uh, 
Orange uh, is hard to pull off. Like I just—he's he's another one that's just a wet rag. I don't like. Oh Tyson. yeah, he's a terrible character. His morpher stupid. Like I just—I love. Now I will say I love the overdrive morpher. I the the whole down the arm aspect. I loved it. I went out and bought it. It was also the toy was a projector and it projected the suit like it does in the morphing sequence. But it's that idea that like they actually fall into the morphing grid to morph and like Andrew has literally built everything into the morphing grid. I think it's really cool. But the problem is when you write two of the smartest people into a show and then you make them kind of useless, like Andrew Hartford is a terrible mentor and like poor Rose is like an awful she's just a terrible pink ranger and it's not her actress's fault but they also just weren't capable and you could tell that this is also like when the bbc was trying to sabotage doctor who in the 80s with with uh uh um uh, the fifth and sixth doctors like they just they were trying to end the series you could tell disney was like i mean if you guys cancel the show it's not our fault it's, it's not our fault if it's bad. Um, but you could tell that they're, they obviously didn't want to have meetings about, like, this, this show. And it's obvious that, like, a lot of the show could have been stopped by some meetings in pre-production. And some, like, just meetings and some changes making. Now, that being said, bec- this was the biggest team-up. This was the 15th anniversary team-up. And for me, it's the only standout. And you should watch it. I would argue anybody that has seen any Power Rangers should watch this because it's actually really cool. Um, yeah, Once a Ranger. It's it's almost as famous as Forever Red because it's a, a fucking crazy good team-up concept. Yeah. Uh, the, the downside is that where Forever Red is surprisingly good for what they're trying to pull off, this one is the exact opposite. Yeah. And so the Overdrive Rangers lose their morphing abilities. They lose access to the morphing grid. The morphing grid is damaged, which is going to happen when you hack into it. And so they and then suddenly there's a big battle and it looks like they're all going to die. And then lo and behold, we get five past Rangers who show up. And it's not surprising that four of them are Disney era. So we get uh, we get Bridge back from SPD, and as SPD one, the Red Ranger. Um, we are unsure in time where it has happened, where he's coming from, um, but he is coming back as the Red Ranger. We think, and he explains it, and it's yeah. he intentionally supposed to be confusing. But if you've seen the show, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I follow. Well, okay, it's cool. because Commander Kruger is now all in charge of all of SPD. Sky's moved up to have Commander Kruger's job, and yeah. and then Bridge is. Moved moved up to have um uh, uh yeah he, he, he went for, he went from green to blue to red yeah um and so uh and then we get kira from dino thunder um yep. uh and she's cool we get we get tori from ninja storm which she's my favorite out of that series anyway the oh Blue yeah Ranger. like the, the four they choose are like the best from each of those seasons and then you like, get and you get xander from mystic force which is yeah. really great and so they were smart making bridge the red ranger because then you would because you wouldn't want two green rangers you could like that would be it, uh, visually it would not make for an interesting scene right they went with a classic lineup of uh like they went with a like so like green and bl- and black can kind of alternate sometimes mm-hmm. with seasons um and, and they ended up not having like a good pink mm-hmm. to bring in but uh, you know what L- like having having Black, green, red, yellow, and blue as your team mm-hmm. works. That's a that's a very classic Power Rangers yep. lineup right there. Well, uh, pulled then, from every different like from all these different teams, and that's such a good idea. Like when you say yep. that out loud, it's so good because well, who's black? 
and we get Black, who is Adam Parks, who's Johnny Young Bosch, who is from the second iteration of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He was in the movie, and he we had actually already he had already done one um, comeback in Power Rangers in Space, where he uses the fractured morpher, and so he comes back again with uh, uh, the the Dino Morpher. It only has a certain amount of morphs, which I think is really cool. He is limited, and more importantly, Alpha comes back with with Adam um, yeah. to help fix the morphing grid. We see Alpha inside, but more importantly, Alpha Six, Alpha Six, yes, not Alpha uh, Alpha Five, um, but. Adam gets a new morphing sequence, which is the coolest thing in the whole episode. They don't use the original Fox footage because I'm not sure if they had it. Well, also, it's just because Johnny had aged 15 years. So it made more sense to... So it's this really cool 3D thing where it's the Macedon and uh, lava and all these things. And so that is the only reason to watch. And it's interesting because they get to pilot the overdrive Zords, which is weird seeing Adam inside of a dump truck also the fact that the red ranger gets a fucking dump truck it's so dumb the zords are so bad in this season um well i would argue his is bad the rest are fine um but like they're they're just dumb vehicles like like and and then their weapons are dumb like it's not like it could have been fine if you were yeah if season's bad and so yeah if you're a billionaire developing this technology, why would you pick construction vehicles, a race car, a hovercopter, and a submarine? Like, I wanted, like, sleek space skimmers. Like, I would want something that's almost SPD. Like, something really cool. They're all flying. They're all jets. Because um, they're all super limited. Because, like, that sub only works in water. Thank God they're always yeah. apparently during water. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's much else for us to say about the show. It's the worst. I'd say this is the worst next to Turbo like his turbo's a bad season. I would say this is worse than turbo. Yeah, it is to like, me to me to me this is the worst before the Nickelodeon franchise took over. Yeah, absolutely. But, and uh, then and I would argue that maybe this next one is also worse than turbo. They're the bottom I, two. Okay, so you've been shitting on Jungle Fury, but I actually have some good things to say about Jungle Fury. I so uh, I like the concept of Jungle Fury. I like the actors in Jungle Fury except the actor who plays Casey. Um and I love the idea of the, like, animal spirit, like, mentors that come forward and they all get the alternate, they get they get the upgraded suits, but then the spirit mentors also get to morph. And and also, I love Daishi as a villain. Um, I, I love, Cam- I think Camille is one of my favorite parts of the show. I love her suit. Um, again, this is that dark, it's the e- two evil rangers, but they're not really rangers, but, like, they look like rangers. Um, so there are some, there are some cool things about this. I, 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 and I will also say, I love RJ as a mentor. I think he's so fun. Yeah. Like, all right. So I, I think these are the things that are, are really good. I, um, so yeah, like Daishi and Camille, uh, having their like heel face turned by the end, like in Japan, they're more emphasized as being like part of the team or like being Rangers. Um, but, but it's still fine for this season. Uh, or like for the American stuff, like because they they do come around. We do get the spirit rangers, which is kind of weird and kind of fun, but like weird, especially when then the spirits are also separately fighting on top of the spirit rangers. Yeah. <laughs> like it, the ending gets kind of batshit, but uh, which is fitting because there is a bad spirit there. Yeah, um, I love the bat spirit. It's yeah, like the look is great. Uh, but yeah, so we we get the the martial art component. RJ is such a good mentor. I love the main team makeup. Like we get your primary three, which is a big part of like the Disney era um, in terms of like the team makeup. But then we actually get a proper purple ranger, which does mm-hmm. not happen very often. I think this 
this is the first time it in American footage. Yep, yep. Uh, it's the first until Dino Charge. Yeah, and uh, like he's got a Muay Thai design mm-hmm. as opposed to like the the like the more like uh, like kung fu kind of geese that the the main characters are based on. Um, and then the white rhino is karate, and it's like much more of or, or rather they had like uh, tracksuits, but he has like more of like a uh, like a jumpsuit or yeah. like a like a proper gi, like a martial art like. Um, robe like kind of designed to him which is all very fun I hate that their morphers are different in the US because it, like the sunglasses are such a dumb change yep. uh, because before it was like all on theme for the martial arts component yeah like, that it was, was the arm straps they were really yeah. cool like that was like there's a lot of cool stuff that they're working with. I think that the writing is overall pretty good. Like there's a lot of self doubt for all the characters. Like yeah. the reason why we get Daishi as a villain is because one like a character's hubris. We we don't see yeah. hubris a lot as a motivating factor in Power Rangers. So we've got a guy who theoretically is on the right side but is too prideful, mm-hmm. and then he uh, like allows an evil spirit to take over him, and then that's that's how that goes. Um, so we've got a guy who is just uh, who's now naturally good but isn't actually like trained and is very, like doubts himself a lot good concepts yeah. like we've got people who are very well trained and very self-assured uh, who look down on their official team leader also good concepts um, yeah the the whole progression is is very solid throughout the season but there are definitely some budget issues there's uh there was a writer's guild strike in the middle of it yes there was um and you know there, there's there's a lot of crazy and they thought that it might be the end of the show so mm-hmm. like it's like it's not perfect. Like the first time I saw the costumes, I really didn't like them. Once I kind of got into the idea that they're like supposed to look like Bruce Lee martial arts suits, mm-hmm. uh, it was like okay, I'm getting that a bit more. I like that they're all cats, uh, or like the main ones are all cats. Yeah. Like that's a cool, that's cool and different. Like the uh, I can't think of another one where the theme has been so close when it then branches out further for other characters. Right. Um, so that that's all really solid, uh, and you know, again, it's it's not the best season in it. Um, it's I, I would say it's probably it might be the second weakest. Yes, maybe maybe tied with Mystic Force of the Disney era, uh, but that's only because like Disney era actually I really like most of the seasons yeah, of the Disney see. era. Like like we'll talk about RPM in a second, but like SPD, Dino Thunder, and Ninja Storm are just really good seasons mm-hmm. um, of the show overall. Um, ranging between being uh, on, on the high end of the middle to being somewhere in the in the greats. Um, so, like, Jungle Fury, I would argue, is somewhere in the middle, fairly center or, like, low middle, but it's not it's not nearly as bad as Operation Overdrive by any stretch Ugh. of the imagination. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I really actually enjoyed the two-part starter of of the, the series. Um, I like Daishi. I like that... Um, that I think his name is Jared, 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 that he gets to keep that like Daishi design to his lion, that black and gold lion. Cause it does match what his spirit looked like. Um, yeah. though I will say, I thought it was interesting that like, and this just goes back to the Japanese too, that when they got their like spirit forms, their secondary zords, it's a penguin an antelope and a gorilla. Like mm-hmm. those are interesting things to me, but it's also because that's, that's what that that's what the animal spirits of their spirit guides were. So like, it's, you know, it's just one of those things, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, I remember enjoying watching it because it was like kind of, but also it's one of those that you can like check in, watch and check out of easily. So it's definitely one that I say watch, but you know, it's fine. But you could also tell that this was the point. Disney also was backing off on what they wanted toys to be produced because that third Megazord, that's the, um, 
the bat, the uh, elephant, and I forget what the third one is of those three. Uh, shark. It's like oh, the Spirit shark. Rangers. Yeah, yeah, we didn't actually get a real Megazord of those three. They were, it was like this flat action figure It was not good. Um, but this was also back when they made the the legendary figure collection. So we were getting Red Ranger figures of all of the past Red Rangers. So it was like Disney and Bandai were trying to capitalize before they killed the show or to re-amp up. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's Jungle Fury and I think it's fine, it's good. And, you know, it should be watched. Yeah. It's just not as good as what follows, so that's... And we yeah. had no idea what was going to follow because in Japan it was kind of a hokey season. Their Zords looked like cartoons. They talked to them. Um... It was go on and it was just, it was campy, it was weird, um, but I love, I love these suit designs. I thought they were so stupid, but I love them. This is super gimmicky because they have the spirit, the spirit batteries or the spirit, spirit chips, I forget what they're called, um, and, but that pilot starts and you get that first 30 seconds and then you get the black, you get the black title card that just says Power Rangers RPM and I was like, what is this? And then like the kid dies in that first episode and you're like, Oh my God. And it's just, it is, there is almost no weakness top to bottom with the exception of maybe the twins are a little tonally out of touch with the rest of the series, but that's when the producer shift happened. And so they brought back past power Rangers producers. So it got a little campier near the end. Um, And they find their place. Like they're, they do, especially once you get your head cannon going, you're, you're, pretty fine with that especially yeah. with later stuff with them oh but, when they do uh, the, to me which are arguably the best episode of power rangers ever which is called dr k and you find oh, out yeah. about them in the asylum it is so good also dr k is the best mentor we've ever had fuck zordon dr k is the best oh um, yeah absolutely also looks just like our friend patty lore like just like patty it was one of those we were working at Araka when this was on and i would always go patty you look like this australian actress you guys are literally twins um, uh, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, but, but, but yeah, the so season's so good. It's such a deconstruction of Power Rangers. It's, it's totally out of continuity from the rest of Power Rangers at this point. Although there was a spot where you can see like the Operation Overdrive helmet. Um, yep. but the, like, so they like talk about like, quote unquote, the biofield. So it's like an independent discovery of the morphing grid. Like they refer to everyone as like series operator, ranger, you know, whatever mm-hmm. color. Uh, all of it is really cool. Like the characters are really cool. The fact that our viewpoint character uh, is really the black ranger uh, mm-hmm. for the show. Uh, Dylan, who is who is cool. Like he, he's like kind of Wolverine esque, um, but it works really well with this whole like post-apocalyptic setting. And it's. And it's a fun show. And like we get uh, we have a bunch of actors who go on to do stuff. Uh, So Rose McIver uh, is the Yellow Ranger. And I would say that she's probably the worst Ranger of the main five. And like in terms of like her character is kind of insufferable and whatnot. But she as an actress is so damn charming. Yeah. And she has gone on to be on iZombie and has like been in other stuff. And it's like time. Yeah. Like she she's great. I love her. Uh, And Eka Darville has been on the Netflix Marvel shows. Oh, he's so good on Jessica Jones. His he's he's a phenomenal actor. He's just so good. I and you can see that here. Also, Ari Boyland, who plays Flynn, one, he's our first Scottish Ranger, which I adore him. Like I saw him and I was like, I am in love with this man. Um but he's from an Australian series called The Tribe, which is like Degrassi. And so he was actually a huge star coming onto the show. Um, and so, uh, but also you've got um, Milo Clawhorn, Clawthorn, who plays Ziggy. 
Ziggy, who could have been so insufferable, but he's such a fun character. Oh, and Sido, speaking of Ziggy, he's named Ziggy, and they're like clearly massive fans of The Wire because there's several plot points that are ripped from The Wire for Ziggy's backstory uh, for the Ziggy character from The Wire, like from season two. It's it's fucking crazy. And I hadn't seen The Wire when I first watched this. And then I watched The Wire and it's like, wait a second, wait a second, hold on. Uh, And it like I I read some interviews which confirmed that they were fans. Um, So it's great. There's a crime theme in this whole thing uh, tied in with Ziggy, who's the comic relief character, but has ties to the mob, which was great. And of course, Uh, of course, the mob still exists in the one city stronghold that we have left on the planet. Um, Well, that's a trope of all sci fi, like post apocalypse, like Battlestar Galactica had that whole like dumb episode where there's like there's a black market that provides goods for people living on the lesser ships. Um, Oh, and then um, uh, what's her face? Um, Adelaide Kane. Yes, who goes on to be, uh, what's the fucking show? Rain. She was on yeah. Rain. Yeah, on for the CW, yeah. yeah. And she's a really great actress, and she's someone who you can tell that this was like her first acting gig. The same with Dan Ewing, who plays Dylan. Um, they're not the best actors, but you can watch them grow. Because for me, Dan Ewing is actually like the weakest of all of these actors being the, the ranger that we watch. But like, he's handsome, and he's got that brooding Mad Max thing going on where he shows up in a muscle car. And fir- like, that's when we see him like pounding through the, un- the, the desert. And he's quiet, so his, he like, quiet. They, they take advantage of, of that where he can just be, like, pensively thinking about things yeah. and we're, we're there with him. Like, again, it's really good. Like, Olivia Tennant's so good as Dr. K. Like, uh, James, I, I don't know how to pronounce this, Galen. Yeah, um, as the it, colonel. As the colonel. So good, and as Scott's father. And so we get yeah. this military component also in play. Um, the Zords are batshit, and if you look at the footage, um, especially once you know how it's supposed to play out on the Japanese one, um, everything is so zoomed up, and they, they barely use any Zord fights if they can help it. Like, they, they try to use as little Japanese footage as possible somehow well, for this thing. And the Zords, when we see them bounce a lot, and it's because in the Japanese, it's them talking. Um, yeah. And, like, it's one of those things that, like, these actors also, they, they committed to this in such a serious way that I really love um, because also we get to the um, the twins who are the rooster and the tiger um, and they bond with a whale like their main zord is a whale which is actually a really cool zord um, and then you got the you know Ziggy and Dylan who are uh, the wolf and the shark with the crocodile like you know or the alligator like it's just it's so weird but they make it so serious in such a lovely tone that like I find this show so enjoyable from top to bottom. Also Mike Jen and Lingman Hu as Jem and Gemma are they're masterful. I follow Mike Jen on all social media and he is just such a doll. Um, but like it's just the show is so tight and so enjoyable from top to bottom that I just it's it's one that I always anytime someone's like, why do you watch Power Rangers? I go, you need to watch Power Rangers RPM. Just watch yeah. it. And nine times out of time people go that was really good. And I go, it was really good. Um, also, and I just love to see that Rose McIver is doing really well. Cause I love iZombie and I loved her Tinkerbell on Once Upon a Time. So like, I just, though her, those terrible Netflix princess Disney movies that are the princess Christmas movies that she's in are awful, but she's great. She's oh yeah. Christmas lovely. Prince. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Christmas <laughs> Prince. Yeah, she's just lovely. And this, and honestly for me that if this is, if this is the season that the franchise ended with, rarely does a franchise end on such a strong note. Right. And this almost was the end. And like, 
Yeah, man, uh, like I could gush about it for hours. Like there's no team up, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. that makes sense because it's, you know, like its own it's its own story. Um, you know, we 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 have some cool team dynamics, like the fact that we get twins. And so instead of a sixth mm-hmm. ranger, we get a sixth and seventh ranger mm-hmm. being gold and silver. The fact that they're both geniuses, like it doesn't come up enough, but it is fun when we have like times where they break off. Uh, and remind us, like, oh, right, they're almost as smart as Dr. K. Okay, cool. That's, and they love that's explosions, awesome. which I oh, love. Yeah, they, Boom! Yeah, they're, they're very big about that. Uh, fun, fun stuff. The post-apocalyptic stuff is great. The fact that the main bad guy keeps coming back in better bodies mm-hmm. uh, is a good idea. Tanaya 7 slash 15 is uh, such a cool, like, like sub-villain yeah. uh, character. Um, that works very well for, like, infiltration and stuff. Although, the like, the second time I watched this, I was like, God, she's such a baby in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's, like, 19 and, like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, this was, she literally, I think they found her in a cattle call. Like, they, they, she was one of those where she showed up to do, like, a bunch of, like, you know how they do those massive Disney auditions where they just kind of try to find people for the catalogs to shoehorn in some Disney Channel original show? I think yeah. that's where they found her, and she was really, really great. Um, and I don't and I want... like her relationship. I, I know yeah. that the brother sister relationship that gets explored in it comes up uh, later in the season and as part of like the rewrites. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it was a good like it. Yes, it is straight up like ripped off from in space. It is the exact same story. But you know what? It's good. And if you're talking about Power Rangers being like, how do you tell the same thing and make interesting twists? You know what? It's fine. Like, yeah, th- this this like in space was almost the end of the show. This was also almost the end of the show. The fact that they had similar plot elements, but they were good and they worked and they, they're handled. Well, I I'm totally here for the relationships between all the characters also here for really good season. Yeah. And it's this in space are my two favorite. I think in the, in in the history of the franchise, they are my two favorite. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I might put time force up there vying for it because time force is also really good. Time force is third for me. So yeah. yeah. Like it's, so I'm not sure which is best. Like in space, for example, like you need the background of the rest of the Zordon stuff. Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, oh, also costumes. You mentioned that you like the costumes, but one thing I love is that we get your starting trio uh, and we the first three episodes sort of like get us to the point where we have like mm-hmm. a full team. Um, but so we get our starting trio and we get some flashbacks that indicate what they did beforehand. But they're the Rangers at the start of the show. Yeah, we don't they have we don't. one consistent design. Yeah. Then the two that get added on have a slightly different design. So the first three have mm-hmm. like a tire design. The, the next two, uh, green and black, have the. Uh, you know, I just realized this is the same color lineup that the uh, Once a Ranger yeah. uh, veteran Ranger teams go. Um, but so we get they have like a gear design and then the silver and black have like an aviator design. Right. All of them are great. All of them have different functional uses. Like the tire Rangers use that defensively. Like they'll, they'll yeah. have tire the tires on their body like start spinning and they, they use it to like strike people and block attacks. It's really cool. I also like that when we meet red, blue, and yellow, they've spent a year as the Rangers. And so we only have to watch like Dylan and uh, Ziggy's little bit of a handicap becoming Rangers. But like, it's way more interesting that the other three have like established themselves. And their three flashback episodes are there. Because normally flashback episode is trash and filler. Theirs are so good. And I think well, it actually makes you like Summer. Ranger Yellow should have been one episode. <laughs> Ranger episode should have been one episode. But I think I like Summer way more. I like I like Summer way more than I like Lily. If we're comparing the, like, two, like, I, 
Uh, though she doesn't have as big of an arc as I would like her to, um, because she becomes way overpowered by Gemma when Gemma shows up, and uh, Summer really floats to the background. But Rose mm-hmm. also has a really nice habit as an actress of being able to still command presence when she's in the back of a scene. Um, so, but it's this is so good, and I really don't want to talk about the Power Rangers revised because. It doesn't exist to me. There's nothing to talk There's about. There's also it's nothing to talk like, about. They just they just messed with it a little, and it, but it was nice to reshow because it was probably the first time those original episodes had been syndicated in ten years. So that was really nice. Yeah, it just like it didn't bring. It wasn't like the like the Star Trek remasterings where they like right. updated the effects or anything. Like they they just brought so little and like makes some of the scenes like it takes away some of the nostalgic value. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't make it more updated for the purpose of being like this is a modern show. It just right. kind of disrupts it and has some like weird effects pop up. It's it's fine, but there's literally no reason to watch it. Yeah, yeah, none at all. And but what's really nice is you could see the Disney money and innovation in the way that Fox was not willing to input that because like, I could only imagine what another season or two of a Fox show would have looked like and it wouldn't have been pretty. And so if for nothing else, we got a kind of a new look outlaw in the franchise. Um, but it's a shame. It, this is one of those things that's really negative that Disney does, which is they just kind of take things because they want control over things and they just throw things to the side when they don't find use for them, which is, I always find really upsetting and something that I traverse as a fan of the, uh, of the, the monolith that is Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's the, that's the Disney era. Like yeah. after that, we get some, uh, lot, lot, lots of weirdness that, that follows. Um, I've heard that because, uh, uh, because they thought that power Rangers was done. It was felt that they could do more like Japanese centric kind of stories in yes. the super Sentai, which is why we have like a very, uh, Japanese culture focused samurai series immediately mm-hmm. following, uh, so I, all right, I, I buy that. That's, that makes yeah. enough sense. Well, uh, but then what's funny is that Bandai America and Bandai Japan made that Zodiac season that's got like 17, 18 rangers in it. They have the little orbs and they're all each one of the Zodiacs to make it easier to adapt it for an American audience. And yet it's not come over yet. But we're just now getting Beast Morphers, which was Go Busters, which is like eight years old. So yeah. I, I could see them, especially Hasbro is because that a, was after Samurai, right? It yes. Was like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, but before uh, yes. Ghost Sager, which yeah. became uh, Mega Force. Yeah. Um, and so I could see Hasbro linking back around. Now, what is interesting? Disney owns Fox now, which means Disney owns the original two Power Rangers movies. They own the they own the distribution God and they own the it, rights Disney. to it. God damn now, it! I doubt they'll I doubt they'll do anything to it. And the thing is, they're keeping. 20th Century and Spotlight as their own companies, so technically it is still owned by 20th Century under the Disney umbrella. Um, but these are, I, especially comparing it to Disney films and other Disney properties of the 2000s, this looks exactly like the animated movies they were making. It looks like the television they were trying to make. It is very on brand with the overall company of the time. Um, because this is Mars Needs Moms, this is Chicken Little, this is Home of the Range, this is That's a Raven, uh, even Stevens, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Like, these all look like those moments in time um, where the company was just trying to create what they thought was working, and it was all a little tonally out of touch with what people's lives actually were. And that's the thing is, Power Rangers feels like an alternative timeline, 
because of just how the universe worked. So I, I don't know. I say everybody should go watch these. And I just wanted to talk about it because you and I love Power Rangers. And it's one of those yeah. weird intersections of things that Disney owned that um, thing. Now, something I will point out, because they've kept going in uh, New Zealand. It is one of the largest productions th- that is in New Zealand every year. And as of the end of Dino Charge, which is now a year old, because it was Dino Charge was the last... Was Dino Charge the last uh, Bandai season? Uh, was not Ninja Steel? I think I thought Ninja Steel. Oh, Ninja! Was. No, it was Ninja Steel. So this is yeah. about two years old now. But as of the end of Dino Charge, a hundred percent of visual post production is done in New Zealand, and because of Power Rangers, they use over twelve hundred vendors. They've employed over 1,284 crew members who continue to come back every year, and they have employed over six thousand extras. They are a huge part of what is keeping the film economy of New Zealand going. And I think it's really cool that they've just kind of kept going with that. And, like, I haven't watched any of Ninja Steel. I haven't watched any of Beast Morphers yet. I watched some of Dino Charge because Davi Santos, uh, we did a show with him with Moses Mowgli. Um, uh, what, what I will say is Ninja Steel is not good. I, yeah. I tried to slog through it because I really enjoyed Dino Charge and Ninja yeah. Steel is not good. Dino Charge and slash super, uh, Dino Supercharge yeah. uh, uh, is great. It's I, really I actually good. highly it, recommend that. Yeah. Um, um, I also love that battery <laughs> gimmick. I love that battery gimmick so much. Um, but yeah, the, and especially because um, Ninja Steel in Japan was so campy and they didn't keep the camp up in the right way. Like the fact that they were all musicians and singers, including the Gold Ranger was a Elvis impersonator. So his, the fact that they did not keep the hamburger Ninja star as his morpher pissed me off. But that's also the, cause like Nickel, uh, Nickelodeon is just so out of touch. They've never been great with the live action other than iCarly. So whatever. Uh, and Henry Danger is pretty good, but like. Yeah, it, it's rough. It was weirdly paced. It's it's just a weird era that felt that came after. And I'm like, ultimately, I'm glad that we're past the yeah. like the Neo Saban era. Uh, you know, the the Disney era was was really good. I'm sad that yeah. the big crossover that they had for the 15th anniversary whiffed because like Johnny Young Bosch was even excited because he had like watched some Time Force and some other stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh shit, the writing's gotten really good. And then he comes on and for literally the worst season of the show yeah. in my opinion yeah. like it's yeah. it, it's rough but like Ugh. again RPM is one of the best seasons of the show bar none mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. SPD is great Dino Thunder has a lot of fun especially if you liked Power Rangers uh, but couldn't can't really get behind like watching something quite that old uh, mm-hmm. although now it's you know it's Dino Thunder yeah. itself is fairly old at this point uh, and Ninja Storm and Mystic Force are both fine seasons, or and Jungle Fury are all like fine seasons that have like a gimmick that as soon as you embrace the gimmick, you're there and you're mm-hmm. good. Um, it was a good era for the show. It wasn't the best era for the show. I, I tend to, to to think that the like the post Zordon era uh, is probably the best era of the show mm-hmm. that we've had in like one sitting. Like Wild Force being this weird hybrid is also kind of like it. Kind of I kind of don't count it for either of them because right. Uh, it it has elements of both, and so I don't use it to characterize either era. Yeah. Uh, but like the the run of of uh, Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed, and Time Force are so good um, mm-hmm. that it's like the, it, like I, it's hard to really like put a, a stronger like this this independent run. But the Disney era yeah. put put up the a good a good try and like has yeah. a, has a lot of really good things. And if if you like brightly colored spandex, this is a good time to to tune into it. <laughs> it's not spandex. Uh, that is my <laughs> right. fa- that's my favorite. 
Never Choke an RPM, um, which if you all watch, even what I would recommend, even if you go through and watch the first episode, which became the first two episodes uh, around Magic Mystic Force, and then watch the last two episodes, it'll give you some just fun ideas and you see some of the, how the stakes change in a series. But also if you're up for everybody's, we're, we're in quarantine, this will come out when we're all still, well, things are reopening Disney's about to reopen. I'm nervous. Um, but, like, this is a, this is a good time to, uh, yeah. So, Case, thanks for being on the show with me today. Thanks for geeking out with me. Um, you have several shows here on the Certain Point of View Media Network. Tell our fans where they can find you, even though they should know who you are at this point. I, I, I do have several shows. So I've got three uh, that are kind of my babies on the network. Um, the the first one is Another Pass, which is a movie analysis podcast. You've been a guest several times. Uh, it, it's it's a fun conversation usually about like, hey, this movie came out. It didn't hit X mark, you know, like either it wasn't commercially successful or it wasn't uh, it like it didn't get critics. But you know, people enjoyed it or, or just, it was good, but it could have been better. Um, and we try to talk about those movies, we try to be positive and talk about how it could have been fixed at the time of production, uh, which is usually a, a fun thought exercise. Uh, I think whenever this drops, uh, probably we'll have just talked about Buckaroo Banzai, uh, which is a good movie. Um, but it, it didn't do well commercially. So that was kind of our, the focus of conversation. Uh, I also host men of steel, which is a Superman appreciation podcast. We just gush about Superman or Superman adjacent characters. Uh, it could be a comic story. It could be a season of a TV show. We're just having a good time. It's, it's entirely about like being positive. And we're, we're talking right now a lot about avatar and Korra because it's, uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. hot right now and it's avatar is finally available on Netflix. And then lastly, I've got scruffy nerf herders, which is our star Wars D and D game. We've had a lot of people from the network on it, uh, in, from our original cast, and we've we've switched out some people and moved around. Um, no one is no one is totally gone forever because people keep coming back, and we keep having fun stories and side quests with people. Uh, so we're kind of building our own like little sub Star Wars universe within the Star Wars universe, and that's been a lot of fun. I've been the DM, and we're about seventy episodes in at this point. Uh, it's it's been a crazy story, and we're. Uh, it, we're, we're constantly doing new, um, like shuffling around so that it's easy mm-hmm. to pick up like every couple episodes, like, uh, you'll see that we have like a different guest on to like, to play a campaign or like a, or like a small story. So, uh, even though we're like 70 episodes into a big RPG podcast, like, uh, pretty much every point after episode 50 has been like a good time to like tune in and like That's talk awesome. to people. Uh, so, uh, and the first 50 are like are one giant story. So that probably start at the beginning but uh, but the more recent you can just check out anyone I, I theme all the episodes so you shouldn't have a hard time figuring out that these three episodes are one story because it'll be like all fast in the future uh, like fast in the furious references for the episode titles or uh all like boston references so go, go check them out they're fun it's crass uh it's it's zany uh people will uh, we're not always dealing with the good guys so sometimes they do crimes uh in star wars and it's fun go check out certainpov.com go go certain point of view and you can find those shows as well as all of our amazing content over at certainpov.com thank you for joining us for this special bonus episode of Dole Whip and Dreams We have some amazing opportunities over the next year, and we're going to be bringing you several new shows. But what does that mean for you all? We are so thankful for all of our listeners, but we need your help. 
we have some huge projects coming and that just means we need some financial backing. So over on a Patreon, it only requires $2 a month to join, just two bucks a month, that's it. I know it sounds crazy, but you also get a bonus coupon that you can use as many times as you want on our online store. But you don't have to just pledge $2. You can pledge as much as you would like, and we would love, love, love that help. Also, make sure to be checking out our Teespring store. Uh, this month, we're going to have some amazing, amazing pride wear, and all of the proceeds of that are going to benefit a charity that we will announce soon, and all of the proceeds of our sales go towards the future of Dole Whip and Dreams. As always, find back content for our show as well as all of the amazing other shows at certain point of view at certainpov.com now may your days be filled with dull whip and dreams <laughs>